What's up, everybody? We're live. We're back again. MMA Uncensored Live, number 13. First of all, I just want to thank last week's guest. We had a very good episode last week. Macy Barber was on. She was talking about her recovery with the ACL surgery. And she was also talking about her return to UFC. So I want to thank Macy for being on the podcast, as well as WWE Hall of Famer, Charles Wright, a.k.a. The Godfather. We had a blast. What a great conversation. Great guy. You got to follow The Godfather at The Godfather on IG. This guy is absolutely hilarious. He's got some really funny videos. Check out Medicated Cardio. It's really funny stuff. So thank you guys for being on the show. Uh, and I want to thank our followers. I want to thank our subscribers. Uh, earlier this week, we reached one 400,000 followers. I was about to say 100,000. We reached 400,000 followers on Instagram. So thank you guys from the bottom of my heart, from the bottom of Chris's heart, and I could talk to, uh, for him as well. It, it, it's just a, it truly is a blessing. So thank you guys so much. Uh, we want to continue to grow this show and make it great. We're only 12 episodes in. Uh, but we have a lot, a lot of great stuff that we've been working on behind the scenes, and I can't wait to just keep announcing these cool things that have been happening. Uh, also, guys, you could subscribe to our YouTube channel. We got every episode on there. Uh, we also have some really cool original content that I've been taking uh, uh, with uh, you know a bunch of different people. Uh, last week, I uh, was at Shannon Briggs's house. We did a cool episode with Dr. Bo Hightower uh, for his YouTube channel. Uh, which he's closing in on a million uh, subscribers on YouTube. So he's doing really well. So you may just see me on that episode. I don't know, maybe, maybe not. We'll see. But uh, you may just see me on that one with Shannon Briggs, which was a lot of fun. So you can subscribe to our YouTube channel at MMA Uncensored and also follow us on IG, MMA Uncensored, double underscore. Appreciate you guys. Uh, so Dr. Bo Hightower is going to be on 9 p.m. Eastern tonight. So we'll have a great conversation with him. He's got a lot to say. Uh, and but first, our first guest this evening, uh, she is an award-winning adult entertainer as well as an MMA fan. I believe a wrestling fan as well. She's going to let me know. Uh, yes, she is, and uh, also an advocate uh, for charities for anti-bullying as well as uh, cure for children's cancer. So she's pretty awesome. So I'm going to bring up Kendra Lust right now. Hey Kendra. everyone, how? Hi. <laughs> how are you doing? Here. I'm glad you're here. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, yeah, I'm just excited. To, I like doing podcasts. It's kind of nice during quarantine. I'm catching up on some of the stuff that I don't get to usually do or, you know, I, it's busier mm -hmm. than usual. So so I'm excited. So thank you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Actually, it was kind of funny. We, we were, uh, I don't know, we did some sort of post on IG and, and you were in the, on the thread and we just started chatting and, you know, now we're, now we're doing a podcast together. So that's pretty cool. Yes, it is. That's awesome stuff. So how are things going with you in Detroit during the quarantine, the, the, the crazy, you know, craziness going on with the protesting? How is it in your area? You know, um, here in Michigan, our governor is a little bit slow to kind of get things back to normal. However, gyms will be opening soon. So I am super excited to kind of get back to my routine. I've been sneaking around in the back doors of some of these private gyms, you know, and kind of getting it in. But um, that's good. Pro I mean, the protest, they did some protesting here, but it was peaceful. And, you know, they got their message out. And um, yeah, things are good here in Detroit. That's good to hear. Yeah, I know. It's like, 
every state, certain areas are, are very different. You know, there's uh, a lot of madness going on. And then there's also the peaceful stuff going on. Thankfully, in my area as well, very peaceful. Uh, people have been really supportive of one another, which is good. So hopefully, yes. you know, hopefully it stays like that. Hopefully. Did you uh, did you grow up in Detroit? I did. Well, not exactly in Detroit, about two miles away from the city. So um, growing up, I mean, it was my my dad always used to say, like, don't go south of eight miles. So grew up just south of 10 and, um, you know, did my best to, st to stay north of eight, but didn't always yeah. happen. So <laughs> that's Eminem territory right there. That's right. He went to my well, our schools were rivals in high school. So Lincoln played center line in the brown jug every year. So he was actually in one of the talent shows we had at our school. So it was kind of cool to see him back in the day rapping then. Yeah. So very cool. That is pretty awesome. See that? So the, the mile brought some uh, very talented people. So that's pretty cool. Thanks. I like that. That's awesome. So uh, growing up in Detroit, how was that? It was, uh, was it peaceful or? You know, here it's just like, I feel like every inner city has, you know, bad areas and bad pockets, but I never was really afraid. I wasn't completely obedient, you know, so I had friends that lived down in the city, so I didn't think anything of it. You mm -hmm. know, I, I guess my philosophy is if, you know, it's your time or if it's meant to be, you know, it's meant to be. So I didn't exactly tell, you know, my dad some of the places that I went, but I remember there being bulletproof class and I just went into the store and, you know, I just, I don't know, maybe ignorance is bliss, but I felt fine. I wasn't afraid. Like I felt safe and comfortable. So, so yeah. So, I mean, it was no different than living any, you know, anywhere else. So pretty, pretty cool, pretty peaceful, like nice diverse group of, um, you know, of people that I went to school with. So pretty easy going. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So and yeah, Anthony Cruz says downtown is nice. I never been before, yeah. but it's uh I definitely would like to visit and check it out. After mm -hmm. of course everything is hopefully back to normal. We'll see what happens. Yes, yes. Definitely have to get down there. There's some nice casinos down there and Belle Isle's really pretty. A lot of good restaurants and yeah, you have to check it out sometime. Absolutely. I'll take I'm gonna have to hit you up and you're gonna have to show me around. Sounds good. <laughs> awesome. So you uh obviously in adult entertainment. Uh, yes. You're the first uh, adult entertainer I've had on the podcast, so definitely an interesting conversation for me to have. So, well, um, thank you. Yes, absolutely. So when did when did you get like when did you know that you're like, hey, I like this stuff? When when did that happen? How old were you? So MMA or adult? Adult. <laughs> we'll start with adult. We'll get into MMA, but I, I'm curious about okay. adults. So. So you know, I mean, nobody really grows up. Or things like, oh, yeah, I want to grow up and I want to, you know, be an, like an adult entertainer, you know, do that type of thing for a living. So um, I was always pretty comfortable with my sexuality. However, I went to school. I was a nurse and I still have my nursing degree. So I practiced as a nurse for eight years and I was actually doing um, continuing education credits the other day. And I was texting one of my neighbors. She's a nurse. And I was like, oh, my God, CEUs, these suck. She's like, oh, my God, they're horrible. You know, so, so I keep my license current just because I want something to fall back on. But um, it's just kind of crazy. There was a lot of things that happened within my family. And I was looking for a way to help my family and some quick money legally. So um, I decided to do adult and uh, kind of never looked back. I mean, once you put it out there, you can't take it back. So it's like you got to go big or you got to go home. Yeah, that's true. So like when you when you started, 
How old were you when you started? I was 33. Okay. So uh, social media, internet, I mean, that that was already I mean, it was there. It was, but I didn't (laughs) realize like the impact it had in adult. All I thought was like, oh yeah, I can go out to film. I can go to LA, go to Vegas. And then I can still be a nurse and no one would ever know because I had DVDs. Like, I guess I wasn't, I don't know. I guess that's all I had. I had like a big drawer full and they were just, you know, your collection. So I just thought, okay, you know, I'll, I'll be good for a while. And then I think it was like six months after I started people back from my hometown found out and I was like, well, it is what it is. Yeah. How was that? Like, how how did people react to you when, uh, when they found out about it? I've, well, my closest friends, you know, so I, I told them, I prepped them. And then once like some of the people back home found out, I was like, I have to tell my mom and eventually I'll have to tell my dad. So, I mean, people were surprised, but I think people are more like curious, like, oh my God, you know, but I mean, I I don't want to say what, not a big surprise, but I mean, I danced in college a little bit. So it's like, wasn't that big deal a big of a deal for me and it's Mm -hmm. not and the crazy thing is like here in the united states it's not that big of a deal or no it is more of a big deal than like in europe and it's you know brazil and like a lot of those other countries so you know people were shocked but whatever i i don't live um for other people's approval or validation so i i don't really care yeah, you got to live your life. I, I, the way I see it, you know, look, as long as you're not hurting anybody, nobody's yes. getting hurt. There's a lot of bad stuff going on in this world right yes. now. And I don't think uh, pornography is uh, very bad compared to what's happening right now in the world. So. No, I'm going to get comfortable. Sorry. That's all right. Go ahead and get oh, comfortable. Much better. My camera's crooked, but, you know, hey, what's No, nah, you're good. You're, Nothing's you're, perfect in this world. There you, we go. You're good on screen. <laughs> But yeah, so, um, yeah, and that's what I think, you know, and I put it into perspective sometimes. I'm like, you know what, um, not to get into politics too much, but I think, you know, here are all these politicians, Epstein, like, oh, he wasn't really a politician, but affiliated, you know, and they're doing all of these things that are harming children, that are harming animals, the elderly, you know, at least what I do is legal. I don't hurt anybody. I pay my taxes, you know, so it's like, who, who are, is anybody to judge? That's, you know, that's how I feel. Very true. Very true. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I could understand that. Like, what you know, getting back to what you said about Europe, because cultures are very different, you know. And yes. when I was I was in Europe in September and, I, you know, I'm in the hotel, uh, done for the day, I had to go there for work. And when I'm uh-huh. done for the day, I'm in the hotel, like por- porn is on like regular TV over there. Yeah, yeah, people are naked on TV like eight o'clock at night. You know, it's so different, and nobody, everybody's very like lax about it. Nobody cares. It's not a big deal. Yeah, it's different, and that's okay. You know, I mean, I think we're a little behind the times, and you know, as far as sexuality in the United States and and women and sexuality, um, there is a ton of oppression, and you know, we just need to get past that. And I think eventually we will, and we're getting better. However, we're not there yet. So, okay. Roger Harrison has a comment. He said, porn is helping a lot of people get through this pandemic. <gasps> yes, it is. <laughs> you know, it is. And, you know, it's healthy. And, you know, we're not giving anyone a disease. You know what I mean? Stay like that. But, like, you know, yeah. it's healthy. And It um, is more dangerous to go grocery shopping right now than it is to have sex. 
right? Well, depending. I mean, depending. unless I mean, yeah, Tinder because I don't know what's going on with these people. Like, I I don't even want to know what it's like dating. Um, in this day and age, I was talking to some of my th- single friends. One of my my friends, Julian Marquez. Um, he he's in the UFC and uh, he's been training quite a bit. And he's just like, yeah, it's just a different world right now. Like, you know, it, it's crazy right now. So it's it's just hard to kind of find somebody. So. I don't yeah, it's it's uh it's very different, you know. Like I think um, nowadays with dating, I mean, at least from you know my perspective. You. Okay, I you lost got me. You. Yeah, I gotcha. Okay, cool, cool. All right, yeah. I was like, yeah. I know I lost you for a second. <laughs> oh, I see what's going on. My little uh, tripod was just a little bit off. Look at that. Now Much better. you're now you're back in action. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think like people have very high expectations of people. I think uh, you know, for, at least from what I've seen, you know. Yeah. Everybody's looking for the, you know, the perfect Barbie or the perfect Ken, you know, because of social media, you know, you have your oh options. My God. So it's I a know. different world now. It's very different. It is. And, you know, perfection just doesn't exist. It just doesn't. And I think once we come to terms with that, like, you know, the grass isn't always greener. So, you know, be grateful for what you have. But I, uh, I agree. That's, that's, yeah. uh, that's good. So when you, so when you were in nursing and they found mm-hmm. out, like, oh my gosh, she's in adult yeah. entertainment. Like, what did, did you know? They call you in the office. I mean, what happened? Well, did they say, no. hey, that's enough. <laughs> yeah, like you can't be doing that, right? No, I more or less just decided to kind of part ways. Okay. So yeah, I just didn't even want it to have to come to that. So um, yeah, I just kind of did my own thing and. You know, I worked hard for my nursing degree, so I, there was no way that I was going to let it lapse or, you know, not keep that because um, that was kind of brutal. You know, it wasn't easy. So, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I think the hospital fucked up, in my opinion. They should have <laughs> kept you. I mean, that would right. everybody everybody that got sick would have wanted to go there. Oh my gosh! Right? You're so sweet. Thank Take you. Take me over there. Take me over there. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Well. I mean, I feel like there's there's a lot of there's a lot of young, beautiful nurses, both men and women. So I think they're good in good hands in, in Detroit. I think so too. I think I think everybody's going to be okay, especially now during this uh, pandemic. We'll we'll see what so. happens. So I do hope you so. so do you uh, do you travel a lot when you're doing your adult entertainment? Do, do you mm-hmm. they fly you out in different places or how does that work? So um, initially, when you, you first get started, you're you're doing everything yourself. So you literally have zero, I don't want to say zero say, but, you know, you just kind of work with who they pair you up with and you don't have a lot of choices and kind of who you work with or, you know, that type of thing. But once you get your name, um, you know, then you have a little bit, you have more options and more autonomy and kind of which way you want your career to go. So. Um, right now, in all honesty, like I haven't shot in over a year, so I haven't shot for any other company since April of last year. I've been doing a lot of my own stuff, okay. which is extremely lucrative. Um, you know, I was grateful and and thankful enough to you know build up my name so mm-hmm. I can you know monetize off of that and not depend on a studio or you know company. So it's it's a good thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause you got, uh, looks like you got a, is that your brand? The, yeah, the brand? I know I cut it because it's, it's, it's warm here, but uh, it was just kind of fun when I work out. So yeah. So, um, I like my, I have my own t-shirts and, 
um, site and a, a podcast coming out. So um, I'm oh, excited cool. about all of those things. And um, yeah, so I don't like to put too much out there just because I feel like you work hard in silence and then you kind of let your success or, you know, you announce your projects once they're coming to fruition opposed yes. to while they're in the works because sometimes things fall through. So, yeah, I agree. Things fall through and, yes. uh, you know, pe people are watching. So you got to uh, you got to be careful when you release things, you know, that's right. So. That's pretty cool, though. A podcast coming out. So, like, since you brought it up, I'll ask when when does the podcast come out? Good question. Well, the my co-host, um, I'm not supposed to say I can't say his name at this no. time, but he just uh, agreed to a fight. He hasn't fought in quite a while. So I am super excited. So we're kind of going to wait for him to get through training camp and then we're going to announce um, what we've decided. So I'm excited Ooh. about it. Yeah. Is this a, an MMA fighter? He's a UFC fighter. Yes. So, yeah. That is awesome. So he's, yeah. a, he's, a, he's a current fighter. That's pretty cool. Yes. So, okay. Okay. Um, well. Yeah, I'm dropping a few hints, but he, he had an injury, pretty bad injury, but um, recovered. And now he's been training and I'm excited for him. And I said, you know, at this point, like podcast is to the side. You need to focus on training camp and um, and that and, mm -hmm. and we'll go from there. So it'll be sometime this year. It's just things are kind of up in the air with the pandemic and traveling yeah. and stuff. So mm -hmm. that's but, pretty yeah. cool. Do you, do you guys plan on doing a, a live like face to face podcast or it's going to be something like I'm doing? Yeah, it'll be kind of something like this, which okay. I think is great because a lot of times we'll be in different places at different times. So we'll plan on doing one a week and then trying to get, you know, like uh, a, a guest on once a month. So okay. I think it'll be pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. So what's the yeah. premise? What's the premise of the show? You know, it's just it's not going to be so much like MMA um based it'll be just a little bit about everything his world my world how we came together and just about life like everything you name it we'll cover all kinds of topics so okay that's pretty cool you guys gonna have like yeah. guests on the show or is it just gonna be you guys interacting yeah it'll be we're gonna go the goal will be like once a month to have somebody so i think that's realistic you know until we you know we get our feet wet it takes a while you know so mm -hmm. um yeah, I'm excited. Nervous, but excited. So You're going to be, be fine. You're doing a great job right now. So if you're doing a good Gosh. job here, you're going to do a good job on your own podcast. I don't know about that. It's so funny. Like, I'm I'm not the best public speaker. You know, even in college, I remember I would, like, do more of the work so I didn't have to get up and, and present. Absolutely. So um, that's why I'm like, I need a co-host. I, I can't listen to myself talk, nor do I want to, you know, for an hour a week. I just, I can't. So, um, so yeah, and he's, he's, he's humorous. So he'll add a little bit of that. That's cool. That's cool. I got some uh, people in my head, but I won't, I won't say, I don't want to put you on the spot. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> if it, hopefully it's one of the people I'm thinking about, I think it'll be pretty awesome, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be pretty cool uh, to, to hear that and see that. So you guys going to do it like on YouTube, IG, Facebook. Yeah. Okay. The goal will be YouTube, Instagram, and then, um, or yeah, YouTube, Instagram, and then I'm sure he'll he'll do like the editing and stuff like for Facebook or we'll get that started. So haven't gotten that far yet, but that's okay. But, yeah, but I love what you're doing. I think this is great. Like I think you you're doing like a fantastic job. I mean, the amount of followers and just how you have this all set up. So kudos to you. And this is what the thirteenth episode. Thirteenth episode, and mm -hmm. I, I can't can't take all the credit. Chris is the CEO. He actually. Okay. 
you know, we, we, we worked out a partnership and he asked me to come on board. I, I have another podcast that I do. Um, and uh, he had seen my podcast and he liked my style of interview. So he hit me up and he was like, hey, you know, I'd love for you to come on board with MMA Uncensored, join the team. I want to start a podcast. And I'm, you know, I'll never say I'm the most talented guy. But right. I will. The only thing I do have control over is being the hardest worker in the room, and I am. Like I work day and night. I'm oh. constantly hustling, constantly on the grind. I'm connecting with people and networking, so it's just a good fit. And on the back end, Chris is killing it. Like he's just—he's yeah. a king of content. He knows what content to put out, how to get people mm -hmm. to interact, and me and him are just a. We're, in my opinion, we're a powerhouse of a team. Like we—we we can't be stopped. So. It was only fitting that we we started this podcast, and I'm happy to do it. But thank you for your compliments. Yeah, I no, it. I think that's so awesome. Like I was like, oh, this is really cool. I'm excited. So, and um, yeah, you know, I get, you know, we all get, uh, you know, inquiries, and some are more exciting than others. So I was excited. <laughs> I know it worked out so cool too because like we were we were like interacting back and forth on one of those threads and yeah. I asked you I actually I, I reached out to I asked you on the thread I was like hey who do you want to see as the next guest because I'm always trying to get people's input you know to see mm -hmm. who they want I'll reach out you're like me yeah. I was like all right let's do it let's do it right? that's pretty cool if you if you don't uh shoot you can't score right I mean and I've heard no a million times and I'm fine with that so doesn't stop me yeah no is a part of the game what was like the the biggest thing like that for you at least where you were like wow i really want to do this and you, yeah. you tried but you were told no and yeah. you know what did you do from there well you know even entering into adult you know they were like oh no you're you know you're older you're from michigan nobody knows you you have no connections you don't live out here you know you're never gonna make it you know, just, you know, it's not going to work. So for four months, people told me no. And I was like, okay, all right, somebody's going to say yes. And then, you know, you kind of have one shot and, um, and it just worked out. And, you know, from there, and I'm, I'm kind of the same with you. I, I feel like there's always going to be someone more attractive. There's always going to be somebody who maybe is a better performer, but I think personality, uh, being genuine, being kind, you know, sexual helps, you know, um, and really kind of loving what you do. And um, I don't know, just working hard, networking. I think those things pay off, you know, so you don't always have to, you know, look the best. I mean, I feel good. I'm not uh, self-deprecating at all. But I feel like, you know, personality goes a long way in a lot of what you do and, and the amount of effort you put into something. So, so yeah, it's what worked for me. It's definitely working for you. Doing great. <laughs> Thank you. So speaking of networking, you do, yes. I mean, you're, so obviously I follow you on Instagram. We follow one another. Um, and I, 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 you know, I, I always like to, to follow people to see how they network and, and what they do and what their style is. It just interests me because I, I, I'm always drawn to successful people and, and, you know, what their style is because everyone's got their sure. own way about things. And I've seen on your Instagram, you, you do a lot of networking, a lot of behind mm -hmm. the scenes with hanging with wrestlers and yeah. UFC fighters. So how, how, how did that all come about? Like with the, with the WWE wrestlers and stuff like that? Like how did, yeah. did you ever do any work for WWE or you just like happen to hang out with these people behind the scenes? 
Yeah, you know, I think, I, I mean, just being a wrestling fan from a young age, I always admired, you know, um, you know, I'm, as you get older, you realize it's more entertainment, but I loved it growing up, you know, it was like my passion. I, I mean, I used, I was the biggest tomboy. So like, I can remember trying to be super fly Jimmy Snuka going off the, you know, the ropes, oh, yeah. AKA like a backyard, whatever. I don't know how we didn't kill ourselves, but you know, I was like this tomboy. So for me, I was like, you know, playing GI Joes and just like, you know, whatever. So for me, like I loved wrestling growing up and, um, I have a friend who, um, has down syndrome and, um, he's really into wrestling. So that kind of got, you know, myself and my circle kind of back into wrestling for him. So we could, I could understand what the hell he's talking about. Cause I'm like, okay, who's doing what now? And, and some of the new divas and stuff. So, cause you know, of course he likes the divas. So it was kind of cool for me. Yeah. Right. To kind of, you know, chit chat with him. And then, um, I don't know, honestly, in all honesty, um, I don't know how things kind of came about, but I just started connecting with wrestlers, male and female, and nothing like in a weird way. Um, <laughs> and I was able to get tickets and we'd take him down. And it was just like really exciting, you know, to to see him enjoy doing it. And I loved it. It was kind of rekindling some of my childhood. So, and then I think people realized like in the, in the WWE that I was not... Um, I mean, of course, Kendra's a brand, but like I'm a person and I'm not, um, I don't know what you do doesn't define who you are. And like, I'm a normal person. I just like to have fun. And they realize like, there's not a motive other than to get this kid tickets because he deserves it. Cause he's awesome. You know, that, fun, so. yeah, that's, that's so cool. I love that kind of stuff. Philanthropy and being just good to yeah. people, you know, I, yes. it's like, it's like this, <laughs> it's, it's so crazy in the world because like, I think like people like the, you know, not everyone, I'm not going to speak for anybody, but, yeah. you know, based on what, what we see, at least out in the media and stuff like that, like people are quick to judge and, and, and kind of, yeah. uh, you know, put people in categories, you know, but the only thing we could control is how we treat one another, you know? So like doing stuff like that, that's yeah. really, that's really cool of you, you know, well, that's, well, that's awesome. I mean, I don't think it's like anything special to be honest. I think that's just how we should be. Like, I don't deserve a pat on the back. Like these are just I feel like just people should just do these things because it's the right yeah. thing to do. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, and if I always think like, you know, if that were my son or daughter, I would want somebody to, you know, just treat him like a normal person because he is, you right. know, a granted we're all unique and in our own way, but you know, I joke around with him all the time and <laughs> you know, I'd be like, you better get to work. Cause I'll work. He works at the gym. I was like, those towels need to be, you know, I just mess around, you know, treat him yeah. like he's our friend. So so awesome. uh, that that is really cool. So, like, growing up a wrestling fan, who were like mm -hmm. the wrestlers that stood out to you? You were big fans of. Oh my gosh, it's so crazy that I sit and laugh because I I sometimes at night like to unwind. I'll watch um, old school wrestling, and I'm like, I cannot believe I liked him like back in the day. <laughs> but um, I'll leave him for last. But always, who doesn't love Hulk Hogan? Like, oh my God, just, you know, I can recall the whole song. It's kind of embarrassing and do the <laughs> dance, but I'm not going to do that. Um, yeah, so I, I loved Hulk. I loved Randy Macho Man Savage. Oh, I loved Ric Flair. I mean, who doesn't? Woo! I, woo! Yes, I know. And Elizabeth, I just loved her. I was just like, oh, she's so beautiful. You know, God rest both of their souls. Um, and then one of my favorite, oh, Jake the Snake Roberts. I mean, I could go on and on. But um, I I loved Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Like, really? 
like of all, but he was like a big dude. I mean, he was, I think he was Hawaiian and oh my God, like I just loved him. I had a poster on my wall of him and I just loved him. So yeah, I must've thought he was cute back then. So yeah, so. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, uh, Hogan would definitely, Hogan's definitely uh, one of my dream interviews. Like uh, I would love to have Hogan on. Hulk Hogan for sure, because uh, I was a tremendous Hulk Hogan fan growing yes. up. Randy Savage, I wish, unfortunately, I you know, know. Uh, but Savage was like, there, were, there will never be another Macho Man Randy Savage. I that guy know. was, he was unbelievably great. Ultimate warrior, man. I just love like those biceps with those things around. I was like, he's badass. Like I love his <laughs> outfit. Yep. Oh. oh, there's too many, like way too many. But to me, that was the best time in wrestling. That and the Attitude Era were the best time in wrestling. Yes, it was so different. I mean, see, I mean, like now I, Attitude Era, you you definitely would have been involved in the Attitude Era, hands down. <laughs> hands yeah, down. Maybe I just oh, I loved it. Yeah, it was awesome. Mean Gene. Oh, anyway. Yeah. What about so UFC? Obviously, uh, you've yeah. done some work with the UFC. Tell me about that. Yeah, I mean, I just, I love, I I have like this huge admiration for the amount of work that these men and women put into the sport. It's not like, well, boxing is hard, don't get me wrong, but it's, okay, you're, you're perfecting like one art, okay, which is, you know, you're striking. And then, you know, with, with MMA, it's just so many different like areas you have to work on your jujitsu. There's Muay Thai, there's boxing. I mean, cardio, I, it's just, it's insane. And, um, I, I have a couple, you know, friends that are in, uh, UFC or MMA, you have both Bellator and UFC and just, you know, hanging around them a little bit here and there. It's just, I, I get a little taste, just like a few minutes of, of what they do. And it's, insane it's just it's insane just knowing you're gonna get your you're gonna walk out of the ring or excuse me the octagon hurting there's just no way and you know that so like, th these people are machines you know they're just fearless and i admire that like it's just crazy so awesome. it's so true that's why i love uh doing what i do you know fighters to be the a very interesting people misunderstood too you know a lot of people think fighters are mean people, you know, but not oh my gosh. regular people just like yourself, you know? Yes. And uh, the great thing about fighters in general, whether it's, you know, you know, mixed martial arts, boxing, the, the great thing about these men and women is that they sacrifice so much of themselves, so much of their bodies, their time, their family, and they got the balls to do this in front of millions of people, you know, the, on the pro level, but even on a lower level, like you're, you're still getting in there in front of people yes. and all that work that you put in, now is the time to put it to use, you know, and win or lose, even if, you know, they lose these people, they get back, they get back up, they train, yeah. they, they kill themselves again. You know, th there is, n there is no person on this planet, like a fighter. And I, I respect the hell out of these men and women. And, that's why I love it. You know, some the most motivational people you'll ever meet are fighters because they that's all they know is to get I, back up. That's it, you know, and I sometimes I think it's it's so difficult too, you know, when you see them uh, like they're feeling like their corner should call the fight, but the fighter, you know, the fighter will never he'll never say it's, you know, unless he gets knocked out or choked out, you know, he's not going to quit. Like, you know, so it's like 
it's that fine line, like when does the corner call it? You know, it's just, uh, I don't know. The only thing I, I wish that they uh, would do would be to re somehow regulate the, um, the, the judges because each state, right, has different rules and it's not like the same panel of judges. I feel like sometimes that's like such a, un, an unfair advantage for some of the, these fighters. You know, I'm like, I, how the hell did this judge score it? You know, this and the other one judged it. Like, what was he looking at or she looking at? So mm -hmm. that's the heart, the, the thing that sometimes pisses me off. And I'm thinking, of course, you know, I'm going to think this fighter won and then they ended up losing. So I don't know, but I'm still newer, you know, to the sport and understanding it, you know, that the takedowns are worth more points and, you know, or whatever. But um, it's just, I don't know, just awesome to watch though. It's so intense. I love it. It, it is. And it's funny you brought this topic up because a lot of people that I talk to, I talk to a lot of fighters, whether yes. it's on the podcast, over the phone, texting, IG, in person, whatever. Right. But the topic comes up countless times. Okay. Judges. judges. Oh, and yes. should, should judges be ex-fighters, guys and girls that have been in the, in the octagon, right? You know, that have, that have competed already, that have a different way of looking at things as opposed to individuals that have never done it before. And I yeah. think, you know, you look at baseball, for example, you know, what manager has never played professional baseball? Yeah. I, mean, I don't really know any, they've all played professional, you know, they've been there, you know? So I think if someone's calling the game, they, they really should have, you know, real true knowledge of it. Like they, they've been involved in it. I'd like to yeah. see that. I would too. I just think it would be advantageous to, to all the fighters all around. And I don't know, I just think it would just kind of be, um, uniform, you know, across, across the panel. So, um, so I guess that's my two cents on that. <laughs> what were some of your favorite fights that stand out to you the most? You know, probably, you know, in, when I'm there in person, um, you know, watching people fight, it, it's more intense for me. You know, obviously, um, I love, you know, obviously I have more emotion and more passion for the people like that I know uh, on a personal level. So, I mean, I love watching um, Juan Archuleta fight. Like, he's intense. His cardio's nuts. Um, Eric Anders, I love him. I, I went to the uh, fight against uh, Connor and Cerrone in Vegas. And let me tell you. Yeah, how was that experience? Because you were you were involved in that. My God, that I can't even explain it. Like when you go to a fight with McGregor when he's there, it is like I get chills thinking about it because the the ambiance, it's just like everything. The atmosphere is so different. Mm -hmm. It's just nuts. So I was hyped. I was ready. Super excited. I mean. I'm sad it was so short. However, how awesome was that? Like, I loved yeah. it. And I, I loved recently watching Cody Garbrandt. Um, I, I just, in my heart, I was like, he has to win this. He has to win this, you know, because he was doing uh, so well, up and comer, potentially the face of the UFC, and then just kind of had a few, you know, a few bad, you know, I think emotion. And, and, you know, I think that there were some things that, were un not to his advantage with the whole mm -hmm. testing thing with TJ Dillashaw and the Epigen and all those types of things. Like, I don't feel mm -hmm. like he should have lost some of those fights. I think they, he, he should, it should have been like, I don't know what they call it, where you don't, 
you don't win, you don't lose. Kind of like, un, what, I don't know what you said. That's what it's a, called. A no decision? Yeah. Talking. Okay. That's yeah. what it should have been. Okay. So. No contest. There you go. So I was like, okay, he has to win this. So the, his recent fight, I was so excited. And like in my heart, like I knew he was going to pull, like I knew he was going to do it. I knew he was going to win. So it was just a matter of when. So, I mean, when he, he came from Texas with that, I mean, it was exciting. I was so happy for him. And um, yeah, I feel like this, he's on an upward trend now. So I'm excited. 100%. 100%. Yeah, I'm I, so I, excited. I'm hearing uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley on. Okay. And uh, Sugar Sean has been talking about possibly him and uh, him and Cody fighting. Ooh, that would be a good fight. Yeah. That would be really good because Sugar Sean's coming off another knockout. He's 12 and 0 now. Uh, he's he's rising wow. very quickly. Absolutely. Uh, very, so that would be that would be a good fight if it goes down. I'd like to see that. Yeah, that would be awesome. So um, obviously, Cody's like one of my favorites, and. Um, just love him. His, his, he's so fast. Like his boxing, his hands are just, you know, so I think when he plays with less emotion and more cerebral, he's just kind of focused. That's, that's, you know, to his advantage. But I think with all fighters, you know, sometimes we let the emotion get to us and we're all guilty of that. I've let emotion get to me and said things or done things that I shouldn't have done. And it's like, like, excuse me. Like, <laughs> why? You say whatever you want. The oh, show's uncensored, by the yeah, way. So I, I figure, but I try not to typically, um, unless I'm working, you know, like it tends to come off in the work I do where I'm really like upset. Well, I use those words. So um, just normal conversation. It's just not, you know, kind of, I don't want to say it's tacky, but like just not my style. But, but anyway, um, yeah. God, back to your question about like recent fights that have been, uh, that I've enjoyed watching. Um, yeah, I guess those are just a, a few of the ones um, that were exciting for me, especially to be there with Connor. Like, I'm like, I need, I don't care for how much I got to pay for these tickets. <laughs> you know, I did end up getting a pretty good price. I, I got a hold of somebody, which was great. So I was grateful mm -hmm. for that. Hey, a little discount goes a long way. So, and I don't expect things for free. Like, that's not my style. I'm, I'm grateful, but mm -hmm. um, I, I hate to really ask much of, of you know, people. So. No, that's cool. What do you think about, yeah. like, Dana White's job, what he's been doing, because every sport is shut down, but the UFC continues to prevail, and Dana White is leading the way. So what yeah. do you think of the job that he's been doing? I think he's doing a phenomenal job. I mean, he's he's a genius. I mean, he is tr I truly – I mean, he's one man. Like, I mean, I'm sure he has a lot of help. Don't get me wrong, but – um I think he's doing a fantastic job. I can't say enough about it. Like, I, I love it. I love having – being able to – you know, stream my, my fights and, and, um, I enjoy watching it. And I know I was looking online, uh, at some of the upcoming fights and I think I, they're all, all the way booked into like August, maybe like end of August, maybe, but, um, yeah, it looks like some good cards coming up. So I'm, I'm super excited. Fight Island. Yes, Dubai. That's pretty damn cool. Right. I know I was going to be hosting in Vegas for, for fight week in July Okay. And then with the whole pandemic, now they're in um, Dubai and, and uh, one of the cut men is a friend of mine and um, Brad Tate. He's awesome. Mm -hmm. If you, if, yeah, he's awesome. So he's like, oh, you guys should come out. You guys should come out. I'm like, I don't know if I can swing that like so soon. And, you know, I don't know. I've never been to Dubai. How cool would it have been? Would it have been though to be there for that? Right. Absolutely. That'd be so cool. Yeah. Cause the next, uh, the next one's July 11th. Yeah. Actually, a fantastic card. Do you know the card? 
I was looking, I was looking at so many in all honesty, I don't remember the main, the main, uh, the main fight or who's going to, I don't know, but so the, in, some the, names. Yeah. The welterweight title is going to be the main event Burns and Usman. Uh, they're okay. actually, yeah, yeah. these guys are teammates too. So it should be, uh, it's going to be a good fight. Uh, I had Gilbert Burns on a few weeks ago, actually a couple of days right before he fought Tyron Woodley. Uh, uh which we had a really good conversation about that. He predicted his victory. Oh my uh, God. And he dominated that fight from the get. I, I just, when I was watching it, I was, be, I was getting so frustrated with Tyron. Like, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't read too much or hear what maybe he said after, but I just, I would have never expected to see, see it go down like that. I guess I was expecting a little bit more out of Woodley, but. Uh, every dog has his day, I guess. I mean, yeah. you know, you can't win them. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, and it's, I feel bad even like judging or criticizing. Like, could I really get in there for one minute without losing my breath? Like, let's get real. So I really try to be sensitive, you know, to those things. But um, he, he's ultimately still very talented. And, you know, we'll see what happens, you know. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a good fight. Very mixed, you know. A lot of people are saying Burns. A lot of people are saying Usman. Yeah. You know, we'll see. You know, it's going to be a couple of weeks away, so I'm I'm really looking forward to that. And then uh, there's uh, bantamweight titles on the line because the judo retired, so that belt's up for grabs. Mm -hmm. uh, and guys in the chat, help me out. Can't think right now, but uh, it, it's going to be a fantastic. I forget the co-main event. Jeez, forgot. Uh, uh, there's so I many events though. Like you know, he Dana White's killing it. Like with the, with the fight nights, you know, every other Saturday on ESPN and then yes. and in the pay-per-views. I saw the Amanda Nunez fight. Uh, uh, you know, what do you think about Amanda Nunez? You know, she's talking about possible retirement, taking some time off. Well, I guess, I mean, she's been crazy. She holds two belts and two different weight classes. Please don't tell me it's three. It's two. Um, I, I, she's just, I have never seen a woman like her. Like she is unstoppable. She is tough as nails. I mean, she, she's, she's scary to me, like very scary, dominant force. Um, I, I was surprised though, uh, who she fought in her last fight though. She went, she went pretty much, didn't she go all every round with her? Like, I, I don't know if it was just, I can't remember, but I know she won. But uh, I was impressed with the uh, with the other girls. So um, I, I like Amanda Nunez, though. She's earned it. She's a badass. She is. She's beat the best of the best and and dominated the best of the best. You know, knocked them out. You know, not just you know by decision. Yeah. She's uh, she's dominated. She's great. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, I think she wants to start a family. It sounds like you know. So yeah, you know, gotta do those things too in your life too. But uh, I think she'd be. I think she'll be back though. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't see her. I feel like she has so much fire still left in her. Like, she's proven so much, but I I still feel she's hungry. But um, I, I don't know what to think of the whole John Jones. I haven't heard anything about that or what's going on with that. I know that there was some contention with him and Dana White and, you know, payday and those yeah. types of things. So, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, now he's taking time off. He's doing a lot of good things in the community in New Mexico. He's doing great. I mean, really good stuff. So, you know, what are you going to do? You know, the guy, at least he's taking a positive note, you know, based on 
you know, what's going on, his disagreements. But, you know, who knows what goes on behind closed doors? You know, I don't know the guy personally. So you never know. You never know yeah. what's going to happen. So uh, what see. about like, if you, if you obviously met a lot of people. So who, who are like some standout UFC fighters that you've met behind the scene that you're like, wow, you know, these people are really cool. I mean, I, in all honesty, haven't met like a ton, ton of fighters in mm -hmm. behind closed doors. You know, I've, I've met, um, I mean, I don't know. I like Daniel Cormier. He was really sweet, very nice. It was just a short meeting and, um, a th through a friend and uh, he was just gracious enough to, to take a photo. And I don't post a lot of the photos just because you know, these are for me and, and, and my personal scrapbook. Like I had to take a picture with, um, Ric Flair. Like I, I just had to. How but is like that experience <laughs> meeting Ric Flair? Cause this, this guy's a legend in life. He's a legend in life. He has done right. so much more outside of yeah. wrestling. People don't realize. Yeah. You know, um, I was almost like, gosh, I'm like, I don't like to approach people. Like I didn't want to bother him. You know, uh, we were actually in an airport and he was with his beautiful wife. I believe her name is Wendy. Wendy, and, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. he was just really nice. I kind of waited for them to finish up. And I was like, hey, Rick, I don't, I'm sorry to disturb you. Huge fan. My husband's a bigger fan. He'd kick my ass if I didn't ask you for a picture. Typically not like me, but, and he was nice. He invited me to sit down for a few minutes, chatted with me. Really cool guy. So his wife was really nice. And, um, I was like half asleep in, in the airport, but I, I had to. And like, I don't care. Not every picture is going to be perfect. It's freaking Ric Flair. I don't care yeah. what I look like. I'm posting it because to me, that was cool. You know? Um, so yeah, so that, that was exciting. But as far as fighters go, probably DC. He was, he was really cool. Mm -hmm. Just real kind. And um, yeah, I, I was, it, that was exciting for me. That is awesome. So yeah. you... So, so outside of, you know, your your career and your involvement with UFC and, and all this other cool stuff, you do a lot of, uh, you, you know, you, you support charities for uh, anti-bullying. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. You know, it's sad. I haven't really done much this year, I'll be honest. Mm -hmm. However, um, there's quite a few people, like, kind of in my network of people who, who are doing things. So just donate um, behind the scenes. I mean, that's great. And that's awesome. But to, to actually take part in it, I think, you know, giving your giving someone or giving people your time is more important than just giving your money. Because mm -hmm. time is like something that you never get back in life. And I learned that, you know, just being a hospice nurse and talking to like terminal patients, like they say, you know, I always say like, in your life, and I'll sorry, I make it short and sweet. But you know, like, what would you change in life? You know, like looking back on your life, what are you most proud of? What, you know, what would you have changed or done differently? And they said, you know, I would have wished I would have worked less and spent more time with my family. So um, gives me chills and a little bit emotional because I had some really awesome patients and um, they taught me a lot in, about life and, and the importance of time. So anyway, with that being said, um, <laughs> I, I do think it is so important um, for us, people in the in the public eye, and whatever facet it is, whether it be sports, adults, uh, whatever, you know, if you can make an impact, and if just your voice, your words, 
can can help you know somebody being bullied i think it's so important if you can do a campaign if you can you know reach out to schools fundraisers just you know public awareness is is really important um i was never bullied but i remember being um you know in school and i was i was i didn't have like a group but i was considered popular and i just kind of went with the flow you know i could get along with this group could get along with that group but i remember people being bullied and it really pissed me off and i would stand up for them and say you know what like you better knock it off like it's mm -hmm. not cool and you know so i would stand up and i you know i teach the little ones around me i won't go into that too much but and the importance of doing the right thing mm -hmm. and imagine what it, it would feel like if you were put in those shoes and i can't imagine um, so, so important. There's so, so many people with mental health issues and you hear about these young kids at a young age taking their lives and just feeling so alone. So now you've just inspired me tonight to set something up All for right. 2020. Yes. Well, I'll tell you what, if there's Thank any help, for there, that. if there's any help at all that you need, I'll be happy to help. Uh, if we could collaborate and do something to help some kids out with anti-bullying, uh, you know, I think it's only fitting MMA and censor gets involved because we're all about the fight okay. game. So we could yes. fight bullying, you know, and I'll be more than happy to help out. So just let me know if you come up with anything oh, and anything I you will. need from me on my end, we'll, we'll do something pretty cool. I will. And you know, okay, one last little thing I wanted to tell you, how could I forget? I said DC, which he's actually great, mm -hmm. but it was, I didn't even realize like at first because that when I was sitting um, at, at one of the fights, I was kind of like, I'm sometimes a little self-conscious. I don't really want the camera, not like they're looking for me, but there's all these fighters and I'm kind of like in the mix and they're kind of like, who's this chick? But I was gracious enough to get a, like a front seat and I was sitting next to Hoist Gracie, like, holy shit. Oh, like, really? the legend, the legend. Ugh. And wow. let me tell you, he was the kindest, most humble, sweetest man. I We sparked conversation. We, we chat on uh, Instagram. I think his daughter challenged me to some stuff. But just, <laughs> and he was doing some stuff locally with some of the kids in my, um, near my, near my city. So it was just kind of cool. But I mean... He didn't have to be like, you know, sometimes it just, it warmed my heart. Like how, I don't know how gracious he was. So he's awesome. So, that is really cool. cool. Actually, uh, one of the guys, uh, I don't know if he's Anthony Cruz is in the chat still, but Anthony mm -hmm. Cruz, uh, he, he's in the chat. He's a kickboxer uh, champion awesome. and he has yes. trained with, uh, with Royce Gracie and yeah, it's yes. pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, legends, uh, you know, you, you go back to UFC one, you know, I mean, uh, Make it Unbelievable. Some light. <laughs> Unbelievable was it there dark we by go. you now? Well, it's a little bit just because like there's overcast here and uh, you know, it's Michigan. So it's kind of cloudy. Unfortunately, That's right. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. We used to call it the great uh, dome. Oh my God. I could tell. I wasn't sure. I was like, I know he's from East coast. I just couldn't tell like where at exactly. So. Yep. From uh, Bensonhurst, Brooklyn, all Italian, Italian neighborhood in Bensonhurst, Brooklyn. Oh, so. manja, manja. Mamma mia, <laughs> mamma mia. Kendra, mamma mia. Mamma mia. <laughs> That's awesome. So cool. But yeah, yeah so getting back to the bullying thing. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that would be really cool. And um, I can easily do something here locally. I have to, even if I'm not, I mean, I want to be there, but sometimes it's best that I'm, I'm not because I don't necessarily want the kids to know like kind of what I do. You know what I mean? That type of thing. 
it's I like that it. fine line. You I know, get it. But um, I don't care as long as it serves the purpose. And if I can get other people who are, you know, respected in the community to do it, I don't that I'm fine with that. So look, I, you know, <laughs> this, 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 I think the country's got to chill out, you know, with the whole, the pornography thing. I, you know what? So nobody getting hurt. Nobody's getting hurt. Yeah. I know. Nobody's but still, I'm sensitive. I'm a, I think a little bit more cautious, not like, I don't care that I do it. My thing is I would hate for what I do someone to be offended. Like, I don't want to offend anybody I else. Like I that know. type of thing. I try to be like, uh, I don't know how to say it. And even my guy's like, oh my God. He's like, people don't eat, like would never know. And I'm like, I'm not ashamed, but it's not like I'm advertising it. Right. I just, I just kind of want to blend in the community. I'm not trying to stand out. You know, I just, I just want to be me, you know, so. you're doing a great yeah. job. Continue Thank to be you. you. Nobody's getting hurt. And that's all that bad is. And, uh, yeah. and then also, uh, I, I saw something about, uh, cancer research or cancer for, for children yes. as well. Yes, I love that. I love, I love, that. I, love that. I, I love the fact that St. Jude's, um, their donations. I mean, it's a hundred percent goes to the families, which I think is, is just amazing. Um, I can't imagine, like, uh, I dealt with terminally ill patients, but they were adults and we did have like a pediatric program and they asked me if I could help. There's just no way I'd be mm -hmm. crying all the time. I, I just, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a tearful, like emotional, like when it comes to those things. So like, I, I knew I couldn't do it. Um, but there was a great team that, um, that did. And I just can't imagine having to be faced with something. And I, I just, it really pisses me off. I know it's horrible to say I get mad at like the greater, but why a kid? Like this just doesn't seem fair, you know? So they are just innocent little beings, little warriors, and they deserve mm -hmm. the best. So we should, we should advocate for them and help their families. Uh, I, I'm 100% with you on that. I'm going to be starting something as well today. I started getting my feelers out there because uh, I, I, I want to give back, I, you know, Aww. We're we're uh, on a very short period of time on this earth, so I, we don't know when it's going to end. So I want to make sure that you know I leave an impact as well. So I'm just, uh, you know, I'm going to be doing something, and, and Chris, of course, is involved as well. MMA uncensored with fighters, awesome. and we're going to help out uh, children in need. You know, that are going yes. their families that are going through some tough times. Um, so we're going to reach out, nominate, and sponsor kids, and we got yeah. some cool stuff coming up with that. So. If awesome. you want to get involved, I'll let you know. You know. Yeah, you don't even have to ask me. I'm already in. Cool. I'm already there. Whatever you let Kendra, me know. Kendra, <laughs> you're on the you're on the MMA Uncensored team now. That's it. Oh, thank you. Hey, I'm a proud member. You're part of the team. I'm gonna have <laughs> I'm gonna have uh, some uh, t-shirts sent out to you. Okay. And uh, we we actually were starting a bikini line too, so I'll send a bikini oh. out to you as well. And uh, so some, maybe, yeah. A lot of that be cool. Sorry, I'm cutting you off, but I'm like, right. I need a couple of bikinis for some of my friends too, if that's okay. Yeah, we'll set it up. Uh, just cool. let me know what you need, where you want me to send them to. We'll have them sent out to you and there, there'll be nice uh, little bikinis. Well then, we'll be very, we'll be anxiously waiting because I'm supposed to be getting a pool here, but I haven't heard from my guy. I'm like, what the heck? By the time I get it in, it's not going to be, you know, it's going to be fall. But um, definitely need to have a, a, a pool party here. Like, you know, why I'll fly, not? I'll fly and I'll do some cannonballs. Yes, jackknifes. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, I'm getting a badass slide too. I mean, what is a pool without a slide? I don't need oh. a waterfall. Okay. I the grotto, okay, at the play I was there at the Playboy Mansion. It was kind of uh, I don't know, I was lurking in those waters, but it wasn't all that, okay? <laughs> I don't I just need a slide, some cocktails and good company. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Throw a little music on and we're good. Yeah, I've got great neighbors too. I'll get some arbor vitees so I can kind of, you know, block in the party. We're good. We're golden. Don, we'll do. We'll go uncensored for that party. Woohoo! <laughs> so, what you got? What you got coming up next? Okay, so at this point, um, well, well, I can't really talk about that. So, the main thing, or you mean for tonight or after this? Hey, okay, okay. Cool coming yeah. up. Whatever you want to tell okay, me. Okay, so cool. cool. So, I mean, my mom's in town. That's exciting. But as far as work stuff is going, I'm working on a new platform with a big team. Um, and there's also some other girls that are involved with it as well. So we have a platform that is very lucrative and it's, it's content that we create. Um, and it's called OnlyFans. It's very well known. People from different walks, whatever, um, utilize it to kind of have their own content and have, have subscribers. So it's nice. So generally once a week I'll do custom videos, which is really nice because I can do that from the comfort of my home or Perfect. yeah, you know, which is nice. Um, so you can do that, but we're working on a platform that is similar to OnlyFans. However, it is going to be much more user friendly. It's going to have more options. It's going to be easier to navigate. And I think it'll be a little bit more personal than um, the OnlyFans. So I'm really excited about that. Um, podcast. Um, I guess those are like the two things that are, That's I think, great. most exciting. I mean, for me right now, um, as far as shooting goes, you know, that's kind of on hold, you know, with, with everything that's going on. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know when I'm going to shoot or where I'm going to shoot or if I'm going to shoot, but we'll see. I've had some offers, but, you know, for right now, I'm, I'm grateful just to be able to kind of chill here and um, enjoy family time. And it's good. So that's awesome. I want to see a porn with uh, the a pandemic porn would be oh kind of cool God. with people oh with God. masks on and like the all the yeah. all the the whole you know the riot gear maybe I don't know someone coming in from a oh, protest yeah. somebody coming in from you know a, a, a doctor's visit to get tested for the pandemic and I don't know make make magic happen from there. <laughs> yeah, I mean that would be yeah cool. creative with I, it. I, yeah, I do have an AR um, an assault rifle which is really awesome which I Perfect. love. It's actually in my closet right now. So, um, yeah, so I'm excited. So maybe I could have someone kind of come in, obviously unloaded. There is a safety on it, um, but it's pretty badass, pretty powerful. There's like no kick to it. Like my little, um, it's like a Smith & Wesson. It's like whatever. It has an uh, air weight. It's no hammer. It's 15 ounces. I can hold it here. That's that thing up. has like so much kick. Yeah. And anyway. So I don't know. So I'm saying we could kind of utilize some some real badass props. That's, that's that would be so saying. cool. <laughs> and you could do it in the comfort of your own home. How know, great is right? that? Yeah, you heard it first here. MMA Uncensored, pandemic versus protest, <laughs> porn, PPP. Right. Pandemic, porn, <laughs> protest. Done. Let's go down. I love it. I love it. I can't say I'm the best shot, but we'll try. <laughs> Insert joke there. I know, right? I know. I set myself up, right? I was going to insert the joke, Ooh, and I was like, yeah. eh, maybe I won't. Uh, maybe I won't. 
So funny. That's what's up. Well, I just want to thank you very much for being on the podcast. That's so much fun talking. Did, did I tell thank you it was going to go quickly? Yeah, I know. But, you know, by the time I got comfortable, we were 45 minutes in. We could, we could have done so much better. Like if I would have just, just sometimes I just like need to get comfortable or I'm fidgety. Like what the hell? Listen, you think I was never in front of a camera before? Yeah. What's up with that? Well, you know, when you're taking your clothes off and stuff, nobody hmm. really gives a shit if your face is oily or like... Very true. Yeah, yeah. People are focusing on other areas. Yeah. So I'm like, my husband's like, you fidget. Well, I got a guy. He's like, you fidget so much. Like, just chill. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Just chill. Next time I have a glass of wine, you're ready. Next time we'll do, we'll do, <laughs> we'll do cocktails and podcasts next time. Yeah. We'll have you on again. Sure. We'll, we'll talk about when you announce your podcast. Yeah. Come over here. We could talk about it. Yeah. You know, we'll have a we'll have a good time. Anything that you want to let the viewers know before you go? Yeah, no, I mean, I know I'm supposed to, I'm bad at self-promoting. I mean, I tried to wear my shirt. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna wear my lush shirt. Uh, my website all in with Kendra.com, OnlyFans Ken.com slash Kendra. Okay, I'm tired of talking about myself. I just want everyone to just enjoy um, their week, try to be kind to one another. Um Enjoy a cocktail or two if if that's what you need to do. Okay. Right. And just uh, you know, take a deep breath. Be kind. That's it. Be kind. And if you're watching yeah. porn, rewind. Very rewind. Yes, be kind, rewind, you know, <laughs> skip the talking, get to the action, get whatever. To the action. Right. <laughs> that's the great thing about it. And then obviously IG at Kendra Lust, 5.6 million followers. Impressive stuff. Thank you. I um I've got really awesome followers. So I'm so grateful for all of them, both yeah. men and women, and couldn't do what I do without all of you. So um so thank you so much. Fantastic. Kendra, thank you again so much. Wishing you but the best of luck and thank we'll be you. in touch. I'll send I'll send some clips your way this week. Perfect. Thank you so much. I really appreciate yeah. it. Mwah. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye bye. And uh, that's Kendra Lust, everybody. She is a, a very accomplished, award-winning adult entertainer, as well as a very big MMA fan, wrestling fan, as you heard. Kendra's great, you know? Kendra's a great person. She's got a big heart, a lot of fun to talk to. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that segment of the episode. And we're going to roll right in with our next guest. I know he's been patiently waiting in the green room. I hope he had a cocktail back there. We'll find out. Uh, but he is a celebrity chiropractor, MMA's favorite chiropractor. I think they call him Thor. He always walks around with these big hammers. He's the man, Dr. Bo Hightower. Well, Let me put down my switch here. <laughs> Yo, Play long time no see, bro. You know, what's going on, bro? Long time no see. It's been a while, bro. It's been, what, like five days? Yeah, at least. Maybe six and a half. I'm not really sure. <laughs> Time flies, man. It hey, does fly. Dude, hey, that, that's, that, that can't possibly be homegirl's real name, right? It's not. Can't be. No, no, no. no. I was like Bo Hammer. Like, nah, I don't know. <laughs> can't be. Absolutely can't be. No, What's going man. on, bro? Chill, bro, it's just another night here on MMA Uncensored, man. You know, we... We got porn stars. We got doctors. People are like, yo, what's going on? Uh, what, I thought the UFC fighters are coming out. What, what are you doing? You know what are you doing? Yeah, it's what we do. 
It's what we do. We're uncensored. We throw. We, we, we probably we, get some fighters too. We could probably do that. Yeah, She's we like, get fighters. Oh, I'm worried about my Facebook noise. See this oil? See this pimple? Nobody cares. <laughs> Nobody cares. Nobody cares, bro. Nobody cares. Nobody gives a shit. They nope. just people just want people just want to be entertained, bro. That's it. Give the people what they want, and they want crack. They want it, crack. Crack kills, but uh, this guy kills too. Check it out, bro. I wore it for you tonight, my friend. Let's go, champ. Let's go, champ. Let's go, champ. Let's go, Let's champ. Go, champ. Let's go, champ. Dude, how funny was that? Dude, that was awesome, man. I never, I've never met Shannon in person before. Dude is amazing, bro. Like, and then, and then after we got done shooting, we got to listen to all of his business endeavors, and like, the dude was on a high level. Like, I, I, I don't think a lot of people realize how intellectual Shannon really is and how many things he's got his hands in. Um, but the dude is brilliant, man. He was telling us all these plans he's got, you know, he's got stuff going on in real estate and medicine. And I mean, you name it, make sure you guys go buy some let's go champ merch. Cause Shannon Briggs is the man out there. Damn right. He is, man. It was so cool. It was cool to meet you, your lovely wife, obviously Shannon, you know, we had a great time in, in Miami at Shannon's house and it was so cool, man. Just the, the whole experience and, and kind of being, Behind the scenes of your uh, show that you do on YouTube, which is unbelievable. I think you have like you're closing in at nine hundred and fifty thousand. Uh, Almost so there, man. Dude, that one million. Almost you gonna throw a one million party or what? Yeah, we have to. I think. I think we have to. But I don't really drink, so like you know, homegirl was drinking. I'll bring some like uh, diet Dr. Peppers, um, <laughs> some fast food. You know, we'll get some of those uh, those chicken sandwiches. Which one? Uh, which Popeyes? Popeyes? Yeah, Popeyes. <laughs> yes, let's bro. Do it. That was my that was our wedding dinner. We went to Popeyes to get the chicken sandwiches. <laughs> we got we got married last fall in uh, Key Biscayne, right on the beach. It was right when Hurricane Dorian was supposed to be coming in. Oh yeah, so everybody's, everybody's like, oh my god, run out of town. And we're like, you know, we're gonna go for it. And what's the worst that happens? We get blown away, I guess. So uh, <laughs> we got married. It started raining like an hour after our ceremony, and then we decided to take the photographer and the videographer through. Uh, Popeyes. We're like, we got to get some chicken sandwiches. Oh, so then they were out, right? They didn't have any chicken sandwiches. So we had to make our own custom sandwiches. We took the biscuits, took some of the chicken off of the drumsticks, put it in between there. Boom. <laughs> Improvise oh. and recognize. Ooh, just doing it on the wedding day, no less, bro. I like Absolutely. it. I like that. Chicken sandwiches, bro. Chicken sandwiches. Damn, bro. That's when you know it's true love, man. If you could celebrate your wedding at Popeyes, bro, that's the real deal right there. You know, there. let's go, champ. Let's go, champ. Dude, so funny, man. So far, dude. When I walked in, Sh Shannon's a towering figure. He's a, he's like a big six four. He's not oh, yeah. six. He's a big six four. Big he's head, a big feet. He's a big dude. He's like a character out of like Mike Tyson's Punch Out, bro. Like really? he should. He looks like he's, he's like the Mr. Sandman. <laughs> I was thinking the yeah, same bro. thing, dog. He's yeah, Mr. Fucking... Sandman. I was thinking he might be bald to bull, but he's got to be Mr. Sandman. Mr. Sandman, but, for sure. Somebody else was saying that. They were like, bro, he's way bigger than I thought. Because, you know, I'm, I'm decent size. I'm 5'11", 6 foot, 230. You know, I played linebacker in college and all that stuff. But, like, uh, you know, the guys he's fought, like Vitaly Klitschko is 6'7". You know, all these all these heavyweight boxers these days, what is uh, Anthony Joshua is, like, 6'6". Six, six, Deontay 6'7". Six, I think Tyson Fury is 6'9". 6'9", dude. You know, I mean, if, if Tyson or Holyfield – or even around these days, they wouldn't be able to reach, man. These guys are so tall now. That's crazy. I, you know, it's it's funny because, uh, you know, Tyson Fury is my height, which is crazy, uh, six nine. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's the magic number. Oh yeah, it's my favorite one. <laughs>
Dude, it was uh, right. dude, yeah, it was yeah. It was, it, was, it was such a cool experience, but you're right. You know, Shannon, it was cool, man. Like his, so many business endeavors uh, that, that he's involved in. Uh, he's got so he's got one really cool one that uh, me, me and Shannon talked a couple of days ago, and we're working out a, a deal with him, which is going to be very, very interesting for people that are involved in, you know, not only just mixed martial arts, boxing, but professional competitive sports as well. And then also on the – you know, the wellness side and health side for, for men, you know, so it's going to be a pretty, pretty big thing, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to all that. Yeah, it'll be good. Yeah. That's crazy, man. You know, wellness is something people have sort of put aside during this pandemic because everybody's been so worried about getting sick. It's, it's, it's wild how, um, how little people have been taking care of themselves as far as exercise and getting vitamin D and eating right and not drinking too much alcohol. And, and, you know, I think people are going to be in bad shape whenever we kind of lift the lockdown on all this stuff. You know what else is crazy, man? I never realized how much I like to touch my face until Fauci's like, stop touching your face. And I'm like. <laughs> but, you to, you did anybody realize how much they touch their face until this thing started? Like, I don't know. Or I don't know if they're subconsciously making me do it because they're like, don't do it. And I just want to do everything I'm told not to. Yeah. Is that what it is? It probably is, bro, because you're you're a, you're definitely a leader, and uh, and leaders don't like to be told what to do. So that's that's probably what it is, man. Bro, you got some sun this week, huh? Bro, listen, you know, Florida right now, we're, we're looking at about ninety five real field death. That's how fucking hot it is over here. So I was outside. I went for a, a little jog the other day. I got a little color. I'll take it, man. I'll take it because I was I was uh, I was pasty when I saw you. You're Fifty Shades of Skim Milk. <laughs> It was bad, dude. I mean, it was like me and Shannon next to each other. That that was Oreo cookie right there, bro. Ebony and ivory. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, that was cool, man. That was a cool situation. And it was wild because it was just, you know, uh, it's weird how with my channel, like, we'll go through certain genres. Obviously, being in Jackson Wink. You know, we deal with a lot of MMA guys, not just our, our gym, but we have a gym at Extreme Couture. You know, we treat fighters all over the place. You know, I've worked with, you name it, Cody, No Love, Yoel, whoever. Um, and as long as they're not fighting against our team, it's no big deal. Um, but, like, we started doing WWE guys recently, and that started rolling. And then the last week, it was, like, these legendary boxers, man. We got to work with Roy Jones Jr., Chris Eubanks Jr., uh, a lot of juniors, I guess, uh, <laughs> Shanna Briggs, uh, Real Deal Holyfield. So that was really cool, man, because I grew up watching a lot of those guys, Shannon and, and Real Deal, and Roy Jones especially, uh, boxing. Yeah. And Chris Eubanks Jr., he's the champ right now at uh, 160, 160, 168. One Ooh. of those weight classes. So he's uh, Who's he's that? training with Roy Jones down there chasing chickens and you know living that country Pensacola life. Who, who's that? Uh, Chris Eubanks Jr. Oh, really? Oh, I yeah. didn't know he was training with Roy Jones. That's pretty cool. Yeah, well, he does train out of Vegas apparently, but they closed all the gyms. So the only place, and he couldn't go back to the UK because of the, the travel ban. So Roy offered to let him come train down at his, at his estate. You know, he has this big, uh, big, like, like a garage kind of, but it's got a full-size ring. It's got weights. It's got everything. So he's got some guys down there he's training with. Um, and he literally, the whole place is just covered in chickens and roosters and ducks. And yeah, he's doing some Rocky Balboa shit over there. Yeah, I chased one, man. You'll see the video soon. <laughs> Yeah, right. I was like, all right, man, we got to get you in shape. He's like, if you can chase a chicken, you can chase anything. Oh. Greasy, fast lightning. We're going to get you speed. Speed is what we need. You're going to eat lightning and you're going to crap thunder. There it is. There it is. <laughs> hey, yo, I uh, feel like a Kentucky Fried Idiot, you know? My man. 
<laughs> point with the Italian accent. It's like All he right. practice, huh? Just a touch, bro. Just, just a touch. Just, just a little bit. You know, just a little bit. We pop out that Rocky every now and then. There you go. What else man? Chilling, bro. You know, just doing the thing, bro. Working like crazy, you know. But uh, I'm, I'm happy to have you on, man. Because, you know, the last time you were on the podcast, we had a lot of fun. Uh, we had James Krause. We had Mike Perry. Chris was on. That was cool. It was just a nice conversation. But I really wanted to get to know your success story, your story, and, and, and what you've done. Because you've done amazing things, man. And, you know, you, you know, when we think about it, there are so many chiropractors in the world, you know. But so very few could do what you do, you know. And I really was just curious of what separates you from, from everybody else and, and your story and how it happened. So that's why I was excited to have you on today so we could have this one-on-one. -on -one. But before, you know, everything exploded, where, you know, where were you? When did you decide you wanted to be a chiropractor and how did that, how did that all come about? Oh, man. Yeah, I think, I think we're at 65,000 chiropractors in the U.S. now. Um, there's about... 1200 napropaths. Um, so I guess the, the full story goes back to, you know, growing up being a huge sports fanatic, you know, Evander Holyfield was one of those guys that was always preaching about using chiropractors, Emmett Smith, Jerry Rice, Joe Montana, Michael Jordan. I mean, you name it. Like I, I had heard that all these people use chiropractors to help them, you know, get in shape. And I always dreamed of playing football. I never really had any um, delusions that I'd play in the NFL, but I wanted to play college football, especially for my hometown team. Um, so growing up, like my dad and my mom, you know, luckily we're, we're fortunate enough to have good insurance and I would go in during football season to my chiropractor, uh, Dr. Pat Hale in Albuquerque, like maybe every two weeks during the season. And I could kind of tell when my hips were off and he would just adjust my lower back and I'd be back to normal and I'd be fast again. Um, and so it was, seemed like a really cool job, man. And, and I really attribute, um, Dr. Hale for keeping me healthy all the way through high school. You know, when I got to, I, I went to Colorado State as a freshman, and one of the first things that I talked to the athletic trainers about was, do you guys have a chiropractor you work with? And that athletic trainer was really anti-chiropractic. I didn't even know that such a thing existed. I didn't even know there weren't regular doctors at the time. You know, you have an optometrist, you go get your teeth or your, your eyes checked, you go to the dentist, you go to the chiropractor for your spine. I just thought they were all sort of like health healthcare allies or whatever. You know, come to find out none of those three professions all go to medical school. They're not medical doctors, none of them. Um, so I didn't understand, I, I never heard that my chiropractor was straightforward. He never tried to sell me supplements or tried to get me to come in all the time or whatever. So I just, I didn't have any frame of reference that there were these like political rival things happening. So, you know, I could feel my hips getting off, you know, we're lifting heavy weights, squatting four or 500 pounds in college. And, um, I knew that my hips were off, but I didn't have a car and I didn't have any money to go get adjusted. And I ended up tearing my hamstring in half my first year. And I, I 100% believe it was because I wasn't able to get my lower back adjusted, um, you know, during that time. So that was that was a real eye opener for me. Then uh, I transferred back to New Mexico and I had a similar thing happen just because I'd gotten out of the habit or maybe I thought that I didn't need that anymore. Mm -hmm. Ended up tearing my other hamstring and my other groin. Um, oh, that was my junior year. So my senior year, I finally got back in uh, with Dr. Hale and a couple other guys on my own because like the trainer here wouldn't send me anywhere either. Um, which is ironic because now they have a chiropractor that actually works in their training room. But the guy that was there, the old guy didn't want anything to do with it. Wow. Even though the Olympic Center, you know, the Olympic Centers, and this is where a lot of the guys get in the habit, right? So like Roy Jones, Evander Holyfield, they all went to Colorado Springs. And their, their head of sports medicine for U.S. Olympics team was a chiropractor. Um, so they're all used to that sort of maintenance. They have massage therapists, physical therapists, chiros, and they all work as a cohesive team. 
So when I was here, I finally went back to my guy. What do you know? I don't get injured. So uh, when I graduated, I originally wanted to be a veterinarian. Um, oh, wow. But then when I realized what that entailed was a lot of putting animals down, I just didn't have the heart to do it anymore. So I started re um, looking around at what I wanted to do. And there was nothing in medicine like traditional medicine that I was interested in. You know, I, I, I didn't want to work 50, 60 hour weeks. Um, I didn't want to give people pills or, or I didn't want to be a surgeon or anything like that. So I started looking at jobs. And my Cairo, you know, he, he must have made 80 grand a year or something. He only worked three days a week. He played golf all the time. And I was really into weightlifting at the time. So I was like, dude, perfect job. If I can make 60, 80 grand and I can make my own hours and I can take two or three hours during lunch to go lift weights and work out and stuff, that's like the perfect gig. Um, so I sent in my applications, went to Cairo school. Um, so I went to Parker in Dallas. And from Great there, city. yeah, yeah, I lived there for seven years. Great place. My favorite place, actually. And um, from there, I joined a company called Arosti when I graduated. Um, and they basically would put our, our practitioners inside of family doctor's offices. So I worked with uh, Dr. Romanelli was her name, a family doctor for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. And in that office, we had some fighters at the time that were going through their blood work and their pre-fight medicals. And uh, that happened to be team takedown. So that was Johnny Hendricks, uh, Chaz Skelly, uh, <laughs> Shane Roller, and the Rochelle brothers. So I started wow. treating those guys. Uh, and they got me into MMA. This was 2010, maybe. So I became the team doc for Team Takedown. Wow. Um, RIP Team Takedown. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they got taken down. Yeah, they got taken down. So they were they were they were rock and rolling at the time though. So you know, my company we were we were sponsoring them. We worked with them a lot. I really dug in. Um, really started watching practices. And I grew up wrestling too, so I was familiar. And I've been watching MMA for a long time. You know, Matt Hughes got me into the sport. You know. I think a lot of us grew up on WWE and, and what made MMA really interesting was that it was the real thing. Right. You always right. wanted to see your your favorite WWF, WWE characters, these characters that fought but didn't really fight. And I think that was what was so beautiful at the start of MMA. You know, before Reebok got involved, you had, uh, you know, uh, GSP had his, had his uh, gi and he would bow. And Unbelievable, Anderson. right? Yeah. yeah. And you had your big juiced up dudes like Brock and Matt Hughes that were the All-American Country Boys and the BJJ guys and the Muay Thai guys. And it was really cool to watch. So um, when I got to actually start traveling with the fighters with Hendricks, and he was ranked number one at the world at the time. Yeah. The first fight I ever worked with him was when he knocked John Fitch out in 12 seconds. Um, no so we just, okay. Yeah, so we just, he went on this roll, man. And it was like, wow, he goes all the way to the top. Um, I, was, I was doing really well at that job. And I took a promotion. I moved to Cincinnati, Ohio, and became the vice president for regional development out there. So um, had some conflicts with the corporate structure and ended up leaving. And I was planning on going to Phoenix. So we stopped in Albuquerque. I'm from there originally. Um, Dean, what's up? So we started, uh, I, I basically ran out of money. Like I had 30 grand uh, when, I, when I left that job and I was just kind of floating around for a while, partying a lot. Um, and next thing I knew, I looked up and I didn't have enough money to pay my apartment rent for the next month. So that's, uh, that's how we started our business in Albuquerque. I had a buddy, um, a family friend that owned an office building and it was at a terrible location. It's behind car dealerships in like this area we call the war zone here in Albuquerque. And uh, he said he would he would let me pay the first month on the back end. Um, and another family friend that had had a stroke a couple years prior. So he had some office furniture that he was willing to sell me for really cheap. Um, and people had been watching me on Facebook because I've been working with a lot of bodybuilders and, and fighters. And so I had people asking me you know, for treatment. So before I got that office, I was driving around my 03 forerunner with a table in the back 
you know, driving to people's houses for $50 sessions, just trying to make ends meet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, we opened that office and I go, uh, there's a barber shop in town, 3d cuts, shout out to 3d cuts. Derek, uh, uh, Montoya is my barber. He's, if you guys ever go to Albuquerque, you have to go to 3d cuts, man. It's like a monument. If you go in there, they have memorabilia signed merchandise from like every fighter, basically ever George St. Pierre, Frank Mir, Andre Orlovsky, John Jones, wow. Gina Carano, there's pictures. And I mean, it's like a, it's like a museum an MMA museum. You'll feel like you're in a museum. So you got to get a fade. If you go to Albuquerque 3D Cuts. Uh, so Derek Montoya, who owns it, um, started cutting my hair. And he's best friends with Diego Sanchez. So he, he personally drove Diego to my office. Um, this is 2012 or 13, maybe. So I start working on Diego. You know, we get great results. I, ha- I keep him from pulling out of some fights. Then he sends in Cowboy Cerrone and Nate Marquardt. So they come start seeing me. They send in Julie Kedzie, um, you know, one of the pioneers in women's MMA. And then she was the, the team manager for the time for Jackson Wink. Okay. So then she sent in Jody Escabel, Andre Arlovsky, Tim Kennedy, Kyle Noak, uh, Derek Brunson, Cub Swanson, uh, Michelle Watterson, Holly Holmes. So they all start coming to see me. So eventually they're like, Greg Jackson and Mike Winklejong need to come get treated. So they bring them in and they're like, they were really impressed by what we did. And then, so when the big gym opened up in 2015, Coach Winklejohn asked me, he's like, hey, I would really love for you to be in our business. So um, we rented a space on the top floor up there. And now we've got uh, 10 therapists upstairs um, right inside of Jackson Wink. We overlooked the cages. So if you're one of our patients, uh, while you're waiting, you're going to be able to watch Holly Holmes Bar or whoever um, right there. <laughs> so it's a really cool. So cool, man. You know, it's a nice, uh, it's a nice blend for both the cities, you know, the citizens of Albuquerque. Um, for the fighters to get, you know, sponsors and, and things like that. And then as we have, you know, we have an international patient population at this point. So people fly in from Canada and Saudi Arabia and all over the country um, to come by. And so it's been really cool. Um, and then introducing those people, like Immortal Technique came to Albuquerque and he wanted to get treatment. So I got to treat him. We got to introduce him to the fighters. We got to link people up that way. Um, you know, Marilyn Manson came to the office. So we've had a whole bunch of different people and we've been able to link them up with fighters and just grow our networks. And that's a, uh, I guess that's the the long story. Wow. But that's so, you know, that's why I love hearing stories like this because like, you know, people, you know, I'm not going to say people, but there are people out there that are like, ah, you know, they got it easy or this and that. (laughs) Nobody knows the backstory of like six, every successful person that I talk to. And obviously you're in that conversation as well, but it's like, you know, people don't know the work that goes on behind the scenes and, and, and where you were before you, you know, it's not like you're, yeah, there are some people that are fortunate enough to be born into money and they have, you know, the, that, you know, fortitude to, to want to work hard and take advantage of the resources that are around them. But a lot of times it's just people that are just working hard to, like you said, you had a, a, a you know, a, a bed in the back of your forerunner. 50 bucks a session to make ends meet, but you, yep. you persevered, you worked hard, and then you got yourself into a, into a very good situation. And now, I mean, dude, honestly, you're the most famous chiropractor on the planet right now. It's so cool, man. I mean, it's so fucking cool. Yeah, and that's, that's a different story in itself. So, like, I, you know, for a long – like, my old job, we weren't allowed to adjust really. We just did soft tissue work. So it took me a few years, you know, maybe five years or so to get my adjusting skills back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I said, we're talking about 10 years of breaking my thumbs off on people before you finally break through. And you see, you see that meme where they're digging with the axe and the diamonds are right there. And then they always give up right before they're about to get there. And that's what most people do. That's something, you know, uh, whether it be me being an athlete or whatever else, I've never had that quit in. Um, 
so when you know when we had some European fighters, uh, a fellow by the name of Tom Dukenwa and uh, Arlovsky as well, they have bone setters in their countries. They're not chiropractors per se. The bone setting is the oldest thing in the world. Hipp Hippocrates was a bone setter. You know, the all foundations of modern medicine um, come from bone setting. You know, it's it's been in India for four thousand years. You know, people like to imagine that it was made up in 1895 or something like that. But this, the art of using your hands to fix people has been around since the beginning of man. Um, so they have bone setters over there and they were asking me for these types of adjustments. So when we did it, we just pulled our phone out one time. We're like, let's film it. And we threw it up on Instagram at 500,000 views. And we're like, what is this? Wow. So did it again. 400,000 views. Did it again. Million views. And we were like, wow, we're onto something here. And that's why I got a bunch of Instagram followers. Um, you know, because people were, they, they loved, you have two things. You have people that love cracking and people that love fighting. And now you're overlapping two different things. Um, so that was very interesting. So I just took the clips and threw them on YouTube. I'm like, yeah, might as well. And then million views, 4 million views, 5 million views. Wow. And I was like, wait a second, there's something to this. So when, then we started being like, hey, what if we fill them in higher quality? Boom, 3 million views, 4 million views. Uh, next thing you know, I think we've had 650,000 subs in the last year. Um, on YouTube, so uh, 285 million views total. Um, and then because people are seeing those videos, then I get people reaching out to me all the time, you know, big names, guys like Bobby Lashley, you know, guys like Ryback Reeves from the WWE. I spoke know, to Bobby Lashley last week. Yeah. He's going to, uh, we're going to set something up. He's going to come on the podcast. Nice. Yeah. Bunch of musicians and, and people like Don Omar reached out to me, Marilyn Manson reached out to me. You know, uh, Action Bronson, you know, all kinds of people, you, you know, Mr. Han from Lincoln Park. So you, you get to meet all kinds of cool people that you never thought you would um, just as a byproduct of your work. And, right. and I'm blessed in that sense, because like how many other jobs even afford? Yours just does. Mine does. But if you're an accountant, if you're, uh, you know, I don't know, a, a CPA or uh, whatever other kind of job, like you're not going to need to travel to fights with fighters. You're not going to need to meet people that are entertainers. So, you know, luckily I'm blessed to be in a field where everybody's always in pain and they're looking for some way to alleviate it without taking pills, without getting cut open. Um, and so luckily we've been able to really hone our craft and create um, types of therapies that nobody else does. And uh, it's paid off. It has. I will say I'm a new man since you, you cracked my neck and my back. I appreciate that. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Oh, it was great, man. That first, that first one where uh, you and uh, the other doctor, uh, uh, I'm sorry, I forget his name off the top. Doctor Donadio. Donadio, the plays on like me. Uh, yeah, yeah. He he had me by the feet. You had me by the neck, and then you guys just stretched me out, and my, I felt like my whole spine rattled, but cracked. Yep. And I'm right like, center. dude. And then when you like sit up, I'm like, hold on a minute, hold on one second. <laughs> Am I still here? <laughs> I gotta get it together. But <laughs> I, I tell you, I felt I felt really good. I was a, I was a little sore, but then like this, once the soreness went away, I felt great, man. Right. Oh. Yeah, that's like um, you know those inversion tables you see people hang from. It's yeah. like that, but with a thrust. Makes sense. Yeah, I was actually thinking of getting those that uh, cervical traction device. What do you What do you think about those? I mean, I would say they're only for people that are having nerve problems, like if your if your hands are going numb or or something like that. It's worth doing, but you know, by and large, you just want to stretch and, and roll out with a lacrosse ball if you just got muscle tension. Okay. That's what's up. That's what I'm going to have to do. I'll take a video of that, send it to you. There you go. Hey, Doc, am I doing it right? Am I doing it right? <laughs> <laughs> you suck. You suck, man. Fail. F's in the chat for my boy Joe Miggs. <laughs> yeah, done. The big red fail. Boom. Done. Boom. That would be kind of cool. You throw that on your YouTube, too. Here I am giving you advice, but I thought that'd be kind of funny. Like, you know, like 
stuff gone wrong, like, you know, stupid shit that uh, some of your, you know, your patients do and you throw like a little fail sticker right on top of them, you know? You know, we like to, we like to do stuff like that. You know, we, we have a good sense of humor, but man, the, the regulation boards are such stick in the muds. They get so bent out of shape over everything. They don't want prank videos. They don't want like, you know, you having toys or anything like that in the office. Hmm. You know, there's so this overreach of government constantly. They're just always on your butt over everything. It's like, man, what are you so worried about? Do you know how many people are going to get treatment by chiropractors because of us? How many kids are going to chiro school because of us? Why are you worried that we have a Mjolnir hammer in our office? It's really not that serious. So um, what's the, yeah, what is the purpose of the hammer? I didn't get hammered, but what is the purpose of that? It's cool looking, but what does that do exactly for someone? You didn't get hammered. That makes uh, one of us that's been on this podcast today. Uh, <laughs> did I say that out loud? Uh, insert joke now. You did it. Thank you. Insert joke. Keyword insert. Uh, so the hammer and chisel. So basically what it does is give us really specific movement on bony adjustments. So say your humerus is jammed up in the socket, I can move it down and out. If you got one vertebrae twisted this way, I can move it back the other way. Um, whereas if you're just cracking something, all you're doing is creating motion on a bunch of segments. Um, so if you need that, that's great, but that's not always the right treatment for everything. What we always say is, and this is ironic, when all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So whatever therapy is needed for what we do, whether it's dry needling, deep tissue work, stretching, you know, corrective rehab, strengthening, core strengthening, uh, adjusting, um, hammer work, Y-strap, you name it, we want to have all those tools available. That way we can match the right patient up with the right intervention. Um, so not everybody gets cracked, not everybody gets hammered, but when we need to do that, we can use those tools to get us the right treatment for the right patient. That's pretty cool. Cause I saw it looked like you were chiseling stone with Bobby Lashley a couple of weeks ago. It felt like it, man. It felt like it. I don't know what that guy's made out of adamant so, or something. <laughs> that guy's a beast, man. My brainia, man. <laughs> and then you had a uh, wide neck, dude. That was a, yeah. that was a, dude, you got like two and a half million views on that sucker. That's a banger right there, you know. I've never been asking for it. Now I got to get long neck on. Um, so yeah, man. Uh, uh, shout out to DBD Wayne, uh, aka Charles Dan Wideneck. He's got a new uh, Instagram page to go follow it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Super chill dude, man. Uh, you know, people have seen the meme, seen his picture, but like just a straight down to earth, humble guy. Like, you know, I think a lot of people got to know his personality a little bit more from that that treatment video. Um, so I hope all the best things come for him. You know, I told him I'm here. If he needs help with social media management or anything, I would never take a dollar from him. You know, that's, that's another thing people don't realize, like with these fighters in the gym, like I've never made a dollar from a fighter. I've never charged them a dollar. You know, people are like, Oh, they're your client. First of all, most of these fighters are too broke to get treatment anyway. You know, so a lot of them are making 12 and 12 or 15 and 15, you know, they don't have the money for treatment. So, you know, what we can do is do trade outs. They can give us social media shout outs. You know, back in the day, they used to have us on their shorts or on their banner uh, mm -hmm. and we could do a trade. You know, their their audience is worth more than, you know, 80 bucks a pop to us. Oh. And obviously they don't have the cash money on hand right now. So that's sort of how we built our foundation with with our professional athletes. You know, that's that's uh, it's, it's, a, it's a great place for us to be with it. Um, and, and frankly, from a business perspective, you're talking about some of the poorest professional athletes with the widest reach social media wise. You know, people recognize fighters. They always talk about the, the helmet syndrome of football. People don't recognize football players. I was having this combo with a pro basketball player yesterday, and we were like, man, how many M MLB players can you name off the top of your head that you think people would just recognize on the street? And I was like, Austin Trout's really the only one I can think of that just the general public would know who they are, that your mom would know who they are maybe. You know, if you look at the NBA, you got, you know, LeBron, uh, CP3, Curry, KD, you know, Dirk, uh, 
you name it, man. Yeah, that's the reverse for me. It's the reverse for me because I'm an avid baseball fan, so I could tell you anybody. Uh, with basketball, yeah, so, like, so I would know. Name, like, name like five players you think have crossover appeal right now. You know, back in the day, you'd be like, man, Sheffield, Ramirez, David Ortiz, Randy Johnson, Griffey, Tommy, uh, Sosa. You know, we don't have those personalities right now in the game. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Mike Trout, obviously, you know, he's big. Bryce Harper, these guys, you know, they're, yeah. they're cover dudes, you know, Manny Machado. Uh, G- I don't think Jeter, Machado Jeter has that, that kind of uh, uh, public interest. I don't think people are going to recognize Manny Machado. It's going to be Mike Trout. He's right now, he's the he's the guy for baseball. But, yeah, I see your point. Like, there's there's more standouts in, in basketball as far Even as – Even NFL. Name yeah. then 10 guys currently in the league that are just going to stand out. You got Tom Brady. Maybe Drew Brees, Gronkowski, Gronk, maybe Zeke Elliott, hmm. but I, I don't think people are going to recognize Todd Gurley. I don't think they're going to recognize Travis Kelsey. I don't think they're going to recognize DeAndre Hopkins. I don't think they'll recognize Julio Jones. Um, you know, back in the day, you'd have Moss and Owens and you know Ochocinco, and 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 they were just louder personalities, maybe. Um, but then you looked at MMA, and everybody's going to see Connor. Everybody's going to know Cowboy. Everybody's right. going to know Diego Sanchez. Everybody's going to know Holly Holm. Everybody's going to know Ronda Rousey, Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. You know DC. Like these are these are really popular. Joanna Jerchik. Again, I still can't say her name after all these years. <laughs> Colby. I mean, people are going to recognize them. Their their personality. And it's really crazy how little money they make in comparison to how popular and well known they are. And how little they're able to make on sponsorships, you know, guys like Condit and and Frank Mir and all these guys that used to train here, like they were telling me they were all making well over six figures just in sponsors per fight. And now they're getting twenty thousand from Reebok, and, and to me that's robbery. It's highway robbery. It is. It is. It's wrong. Now, do you think? I mean, uh, you know, a lot of guys are talking about John Jones, Masvidal, McGregor. Everybody's talking about pay. You know, I had uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley on a couple of weeks ago. You know, he's yeah. talking about the pay you know everybody's talking about it the i mean as a fan you feel like these guys are are, are very very well underpaid they're criminally underpaid it's it's yeah. not even up for debate i mean these guys are making you know 17 18% revenue share you're talking about a company that sold for 4.2 billion dollars you're talking about a company that has a 1.5 billion dollar espn deal you have guys like devin clark one of my fighters he was on espn main channel making 12 and 12 and espn what ESPN athlete makes that? We're not talking about the Ocho. You know, we're not talking about table tennis, man. These are these are high line athletes. You know, these boxers are making a, a thousand times more than that. Meanwhile, you know, WME's cashing in. You know, Dana White is worth what Floyd Mayweather's worth. I mean, that's insane to me. There's not a single MMA fighter worth five hundred million dollars. Not even Connor. I mean, Dana White's wealth dwarfs Connor for a guy that's never stepped in the ring. Um, so I think they're criminally underpaid. I think they should be near 50% revenue share. They should get percentages of, of concessions. They should get ownership to their licensing and their imaging and their rights. You know, they don't get a dollar from the, the, the video games. They don't get a dollar from the clothing, the merch stuff, the, the ticket sales. So Masvidal is hundred percent right when he says that, um, you know, and they, they've traditionally taken care of the big names in the past. They've taken care of Rhonda and, and Connor and John, but I think even, even what they consider taking care of five to 10 million a fight, when you see Deontay Wilder making thirty million, when you see Canelo making thirty-five million, you're like, hmm, who's a bigger ubiquitous star in reality? John Jones is a much bigger star than Deontay Wilder is. Yeah, he's more well known. He has more crossover appeal. He's been a champion for ten years. Right. You know, you're talking about the, these guys. I mean, even Connor was a bigger star than Mayweather. You know, they, Mayweather has done a great job of building his stardom off of other people consistently. He's the smartest fighter in the game, right? Like he took he, he took De La Hoya, took his fan base, right? He got Canelo, took the fan base. 
And he always got everybody right when they weren't at their peak. Got uh, Pacquiao when he was a little older. Right. And, uh, you know, you just had Connor's fan base. So nobody's been able to stay relevant and pick their fights as well as Floyd Mayweather Jr. Incredibly brilliant businessman. Um, these MMA guys are, I mean, you're telling me Connor, uh, Cowboy Cerrone is only worth 200 grand a fight? Are you crazy? Yeah. That's crazy. That you know, it really is. Look at the social media numbers. Look at their Instagram uh, followers. You know, that's a pretty good insight. Like you were just saying, what's her name? Kendra has, you know, five, six million. That's six million people interested in what she has to say, do, think. Um, that's influence. That's real influence. Look what The Rock has. Look what these people have. Look at The Rock Obama is or Trump or Dude, I was looking at, you know, Joe Rogan's following on IG. Obviously, I mean, he's got a much greater following than what it shows on IG, but sure. 9.9 million people follow Joe Rogan. Yeah. I go to The Rock, 187 million people follow him. I mean, it, it, it's, it's levels. Dude, like I was thinking like they should change the color of the checkbox at one point. Like when you reach certain level, it should be like a red check or some shit. Dude. Right. Like, it should be like at another like status, dude. It's. Not. I mean, that's, that's the entire population of the country of Russia. Follows the rock. I mean, that's crazy. The beast, bro. Just yeah. That. So there's there's a lot of people like that. Taylor Swifts and and Beyonces. Yeah. I mean, the amount of influence these people have. And like I said, the the Trumps, the Obamas, they have they have massive influence. You know, so if you're a brand marketer, like I mean, how how else could you reach that many people? You're not going to reach a million people advertising on cable TV. Nobody watches that. So why wouldn't you target your audience to an individual who people are explicitly already interested in, and then you're reaching a much greater audience by doing that? Like, I think that's the future, and I think people are starting to realize that. Yeah, I think so too. You know, there's a lot of opportunity. You know, there's on social media to make money and and collaborate and do things differently. Uh, you know, I I often think because obviously, you know, we we have Bellator, you know, we we have PFL, but they're nowhere near what UFC is. So it's like, is it going to take for a guy like a, you know, like a con family that started AEW and now they're paying guys way better than WWE and giving them benefits and pensions and all that? Is it going to take some rich billionaire to say, wake up one day and be like, yeah, I'm going to get involved in uh, MMA. Let's start an organization and pay these guys the money they want and get them to get out of UFC. Do you think it's going to take something like that? Or I mean, you would think so. I mean, Viacom is backing Bellator, and that's a, that's a giant corporation, but they still haven't been able to really compete. And, and you know, UFC has done a masterful job of keeping the focus on themselves. You know, even these fighters, even if they're getting paid more, they're out of the limelight. You know, we don't really talk about Ben Anderson anymore. We don't really talk about Demetrius Johnson anymore. We don't really talk about Ryan Bader anymore, even though these guys are at the highest possible levels, martial artists. And I think they're probably getting paid more and have more freedom now than they did in the UFC. We're still over here talking about Volkanovski and we're talking about, you know, uh, uh, you know, all these other people. Um, so the UFC has managed to forge a niche. Um, the idea that UFC is MMA and the cultural lexicon and the cultural understanding, um, you know, and people like Ronda and Connor really facilitated that. So, yeah, in a sense, they are deserving of, of some of that money. But again, just because they're the only show in town doesn't mean anything. The NFL is the only show in town, too. The NBA is really the only show in town, too. But they've been able to leverage, you know, the players together, either through strikes or through legal action to get together to get better collective bargaining. They, they have unions. They have players unions. You know, the, there's no fighters union. You know, I think right. that, uh, you know, like Tony Clark, you know, we'll just use MLB as an example. But Tony Clark is a, f a phenomenal uh, representative. He's the president of the, of the MLBPA. And yes. look at these guys. I mean, 
they're like, hey, we ain't playing no 60-game season. You're going to take 50% or whatever it is of our salary. They're like, nah, we're good. And Tony Clark's, you know, he's he's leading the way. So if they if there could be a possibility of having a, a union for fighters and having a, a, like a named fighter that may had just retired to to lead the way, I think it's time to to set something up if, if it's right. possible. Because that's the only way that these guys and girls are going to get paid. And the problem is, is that there's so many of them that are irresponsible with their money. They live paycheck to paycheck. They can't afford to go two years without a paycheck and to sit out and strike. And, and you know, it, they just haven't had good financial backing behind them. There's only a few people I can even think of that have done that well with their money to where they can go two years without getting paid. You know, the Johns, the Connors, those people, you know, the GGSPs. Everybody else has to go fight again because they've overspent themselves. They bought Lamborghinis. They bought a house. They tried to invest in a restaurant. You know, if you've ever seen the ESPN documentary Broke, I think that sums it up. You know, I'm doing a lot better right now. I still drive a beat up 2013 pickup truck with cloth seats. You know, I'm not going out and buying some fancy car. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm not making silly financial decisions because I just don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. What if I hurt my thumb? What am I going to do? And I think a lot of fighters don't think that way. And so they put themselves in a bad situation. You know, when you talk about what you're saying as far as unionizing, uh, the problem is that the UFC has made an example of everybody over and over and over again, and they financially harm the people that have. So Leslie Smith, for example, you know, they cut her, they basically blackballed her. And then when they've gotten to court with the Kung Lees and those folks, you know, unfortunately, the corruption, they own both sides of politics between, you know, Ari Emanuel being Rahm Emanuel's brother and having connections upstream on the Democrat side. And then, you know, the, the, the whites being buddies with Trump they're going to have influence on judges. And they've been notorious union busters. I mean, the, the Fertitas are known to be union busters. I mean, they, they got famous and rich, you know, for busting up the unions in Nevada. That's why UFC wasn't allowed in New York for all those years. It wasn't for safety reasons. It was because the culinary union didn't want union busters being able to come in and make massive amounts of money and, and prey in a predatory way on their, on their employees. When they're not even employees, they're independent contractors. Right. <laughs> I mean, what other organization are you an independent contractor where they can cut you at any time, but you can never leave unless they release you? And and on top of that, not only do you not get benefits, you have to wear a uniform. You also have to check in to a USADA program, which none of them agreed to upon the bylaws. You know, I've, I've had a lot of friends that they were taking supplements because they're, they're, you know, they're working three jobs in the, in the minors. And then they get a call to sign with the UFC and they don't know what they've been taking. And now they get put into USADA. All of a sudden they get popped for some supplement that they didn't know what it was. You know, from six months prior, now they're out two years. Wow. I mean, the, the whole setup, is, it, it's a scam. It's a setup. You know, finally, they fixed some things, what they were doing for a while. They were announcing USADA violations before they even went through the testing process. So we hang people in the public, you know, uh, court of public opinion so that everybody calls them juice heads. And then when their arbitrator comes out and clears them later on, it's too late. They've already been branded with the Scarlet A. Right. And they did that with a bunch of guys. They did it to UOL. They did it to John. They did it to all these people. You know, at least some of these other guys like Sean O'Malley, they've they've been able to fight the case first before it was actually announced so that everybody knew that they were already innocent beforehand. All these other guys, they got labeled and people are never going to shake that label from them. So you damage the fighter's brand, which is what they want, right? If the fighter doesn't have a brand on their own, they can't really leverage anything and they can't go anywhere else. Um, so the whole thing, it just reeks of corruption. It always has the way Joe Silva negotiates. Um, I, I give them props for building a great organization that that – you know, they negotiated the ESPN deal. They, they've leveraged all these things. But at some point, you've got to start taking care of the people that got you here. Yeah. I agree. I agree with you 100%. Uh, I, I hope, you know, one can only hope that, uh, you know, I talk to a lot of fighters, you know, and uh, 
it, it sucks because I think fighters are any of them happy with their pay <clears throat> at all. No, 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 not that any. I mean, I, I've never spoke to Conor McGregor. He'll probably be the only one that that'll say he's happy with his pay. But he, you got to understand too, like the the money he's made. Aside, like if we're gonna take sponsorship out, proper twelve, all that, and we're just gonna say, hey, MMA, but he made. I don't know what quadruple more in one boxing fight with Mayweather than he's done in his entire career in the UFC. So that's it. Still had to split that with the UFC. It was like forty percent, something like that. Some crazy amount. I'm like, that's wild, man. So they made some huge number just by allowing him to fight, not because they helped it or they negotiated it. We're just we'll let you fight, so we'll take forty percent. Like that's crazy, man. Bro, I'd have been like, listen, Floyd, let's talk about it for a second. We know the deal, you know. Let it go ten rounds. I'm gonna have my boys make a couple of bets. You know, we in Vegas. Right. You know what I'm saying? Let's let's make it happen. You know, I mean that'd be me. I'd be like, hell, we cash in on this thing. You don't but know that didn't happen. You don't know, my friend. You don't know. No, you don't. You don't know what's gonna happen behind the scenes. So that's why boxing you know, is notorious. That is true, man. Well, you know, Mayweather was throwing money all over the place and uncensored. He was throwing money at his friends. Yeah, go ahead. You know, go throw fucking five hundred grand on this fight. You know. Yeah. He's smart, man. It's uh, it's a crazy game. Yeah, man. What do you think about uh July 11th, man? Burns and Usman. What do you who you got there? That's a wild fight, man. You know, I yeah. think Usman's probably the most complete champ we've seen. I know people are gonna scream George, George, George. Um, but just watching him fight, man. The uh, I think his wrestling and his tempo are, are more dominant than George's was. His striking is not as sophisticated, but I think he's got a much tougher chin. I mean, the guy ate a ton of hard shots from Colby. Um, yeah, and his striking's improving a lot, man. I'm, I'm, I'm really impressed with Usman. I think he's going to be one of the hardest champions to beat out there right now. Now, that being said, I think that Burns stylistically is the toughest matchup for him. You're talking about a guy that's an ace on the ground and just fantastic jiu-jitsu, and his striking has improved too. So, you know, I, I, we'll see what Usman wants to do, but I don't, I don't foresee him wanting to be on the ground with Burns, you know, oh. who, who, aside from Maya, is the, the, the cream of the crop there. But Burns just showed us he can put on a five-round pace, too, what he just did against Woodley. So I think it's a much closer fight than people think it is. Um, I, I probably lean towards Usman with the decision. But, I mean, as far as stylistically, that's the hardest matchup for uh, Kamar Usman in the division. Yeah, I agree, man. Uh, Burns did a fantastic job with uh, you know against Tyron. And, you know, we'll and see, man. He smoked Maya. I mean, the guy's on a crazy yeah. hot streak right now, man. Yeah, man. He, he did great. I talked to him a couple of days before his fight with Tyron Woodley and focused, you know, a Brazilian uh, jiu-jitsu world champion. Uh, guy, he's, he's the real deal, man. So I'm looking forward to it. That's going to be, you know, the fight for me. But uh, what's the – I know uh, it's, it's not going to sell like a, like a Colby or a, or a Masvidal fight, but, it, you know, I think it's a much harder fight for, for Usman than either of those guys. Yeah, I think so, man. I think so. so. I'm so For the hardcore MMA Uncensored fans, it's probably a better, better matchup. Yeah, I think so. I think it'll be good, and uh, and then obviously Aldo's fighting for the the uh, bantamweight title, and we got uh, who who's the co-main event? Are, are, is it? Uh, it's a great card, I think. The main the co-main event is uh, it's a heavyweight fight. I'm trying to I can't think. I'm a little off tonight. Uh, I have to look it up now because I'm a little confused. This fight island thing, though, I'm really excited about it, man. Yeah. What do you think about the Peter Jan Aldo fight? Yeah, that's that 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 was that uh, the one I was thinking. Uh I don't know, man. I didn't like the way Aldo looked, uh, you know, in his last fight. So I'm kind of like, I'm in between. I'm in between. I think. Uh, I mean, I think it's going to be a good fight, 
But uh, this uh, this Jan dude looks good, man. He he looks really good. He's good, man. And I, I really feel like Aljamain Sterling really was was sort of robbed. I mean, he just showed it off last week against Corey Sanhagen, right, with the with the first round submission. But I mean, <laughs> I mean, he's earned that title shot five times over. Uh, so I, I think it was sort of a robbery. They they forced Aldo into that situation. Aldo's a legend of the sport, you know. But the, but the truth of the matter is, you know, he peaked really early. He won a billion fights in a row. But in his last four or five, I mean, the guy really only has wins over Frankie Edgar, who's also, you know, up there in age. But he's lost twice to Holloway. Um, you know, he's That's lost. That's fight in the co-main event. Max Holloway and uh, um, uh, what do you call uh, Alexander Volkanovsky. Yeah, that's going to be a good fight. Yeah, the first fight was a good fight, too. Uh, I guess we'll see. Styles make fights, right? So if those leg yeah. kicks add up, you might see the exact same thing. Uh, we'll see if Holloway has something different in the game plan. You know, I, I don't. I don't see Max as a guy that changes his style up that much. You know, he's a guy that beats you with volume. He's got great pulls and, and great one twos and, you know, some, some leg kicks and he's got good grappling too, but the, you know, styles make fights, man. Like Volkanovsky, I think might just be his kryptonite. Um, so I, I could, I, I kind of see it going very similar to last time where Volkanovsky just sort of outpoints and beats him up with leg kicks, you know, slows down his motion and, and, People don't realize, even though Max is 5'11", he's really tall for that division, he has kind of short arms, and he's not able to cover that distance against somebody who also has really good footwork. Because Max Holloway has elite-level footwork, but you know, in the two fights where he's fought guys that were longer rangier, or in this case, as athletic as him, he's struggled to manage the distance. You know, Corey has got a 74-inch reach, so he was able to cover that distance and boxing range more against Holloway. And this time, Volkanovski, being such a great athlete, moving with his feet, was able to stay at distance and keep away and manage that range with the leg kicks. Hmm. Um, so, I, you know, Styles make fights. That that might just be, you know, Max Holloway's kryptonite. You know, uh, I hope Max wins. So, you know, I, I'm always going to cheer for an American over uh, an Aussie. Um, <laughs> so I hope I'm wrong, but I kind of see it going that way. Yeah. We'll see I, I like Max a lot. He's such a cool dude, man. Like, you know, uh, seems like a cool guy. I never spoke to him, but he seems like a cool dude. Like yeah. I saw some of his interviews on I've met him Rogan and stuff like that. You know, just, just in passing. And I've never met Volkanovski. He seems like a good guy too. You know, so um, we'll see what happens with those ones. And then I guess the rematching the 125 one again. So that'll that'll be interesting. Um, which which fight is that? It's uh, what's his name? The cat that missed weight. He's a Brazilian at 125. He's he's going back against uh, the kid from Las Cruces. I cannot, man. Uh, when did they last fight? Like a couple months ago. It was the 125 title fight, but that homeboy, uh, Figueroa. That's Figueroa? No. It's a kid's name. Buff Brazilian dude, 125er. Figueroa? That, that sounds right. And uh, Megan Olivia's husband, uh, Joseph Benavides. So they're, oh. they're, re they're running that one back. Um. Personally, I want my boy John Dodson to go back down to 25 and get the belt because I, I really felt that he beat Mighty Mouse the first time and he dropped him three times in the first two rounds. Um, he just got beat with pace. And the second time, you know, Mighty Mouse was just another level up. Uh, but John's really short to be fighting at 135, man. I That power, nobody else has that kind of power at 25. Mm -hmm. I know he hates cutting the weight, but, man, I think the belt's there for him if he wants to go get it, you know, assuming they keep that division around. Yeah, I mean, who else is in that division right now? That's like, I think I think there's like ten, less than ten guys in there because yeah. the guys from here have moved up. Ray Borg has moved to 35, and so has John Dotson. They were 25ers for a long time. Um, Figueroa, figure, yeah. And then be be okay. Yep. We got it. Thanks, there Chris. Go. Chris, man, Chris in the chat. Chris coming in clutch. 
Chris Kalanick, he's behind the scenes tonight. Yeah. So, you know, again, same, same thing. I, I'm going to cheer for the American. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think there's a big difference in athleticism and size there. And I think Benavidez, you know, is he's 36, probably 37. You know, that's, that's pretty old for those lower weight classes, man. The older weight classes, guys tend to hang around a lot longer, the 205s and, and heavyweights. Mm-hmm. You know, heavyweight guys are 42, 44 all the time. You know, you got your ovaries, you got your, you know, uh, DC well, they, get, bro, they, they got that old man strength at that age, man. So right. you know, you you know, you don't really need the speed like you do in the the lower weight divisions. So, right, and and it's kind of like we were talking in boxing. You know, some guys' style leads them to be able to fight forever. You know, um, guys that are fundamentally sound, like Floyd Mayweather, he can fight at a long age because not only is he fast, but he's fundamentally sound. When you have somebody that's the best athlete there's ever been in boxing, like Roy Jones, mm-hmm. you know, he can beat everybody. But as soon as he loses a half of a step. That head movement where he would get out of the harm's way, now he can't do it anymore. Right. And that could be really traumatic to people that rely on their athleticism, you know, once they get a little older. Because Father Time is undefeated, man. Nobody can beat it. Unless you're Bernard Hopkins because that guy's a beast, man. Well, same thing. Bernard Hopkins is a time. fundamental fighter. You know, great clinch work, great defense, just like Mayweather. And that, that's, you know, that'll last forever, man. You know, Tyson's another guy that really relied on explosiveness. You know, oh. and, and speed. And as soon as that kind of went away, you know, he was getting pieced up. Yeah, he was. And then he was fighting much bigger guys, you know, Lennox Lewis. You know, I mean, Holyfield, I think Holyfield didn't – I think Tyson was kind of exiting his prime as Holyfield had just a little bit left. Because I think if they met prior Are they to – the same age? No, Tyson's 53 and Holyfield's 57. So, so Holyfield's different. older. Older. Uh, but I think that if Tyson pre-prison Tyson would have beat Holyfield, but they were supposed to have that fight and then yeah. Tyson went to jail. So I think, you know, before everything happened with, uh, you know, Cuz D'Amato passing away, everything changed for Tyson. You know, I think if he if it was Cuz D'Amato Tyson, he's going to he's going to he's going to beat Holyfield. But yeah, man, I don't know. I'm one of the heretics when it comes to that. I, I, I love everything that Mike Tyson stands for, you know, coming from the slums and becoming a champ. To me, he didn't fight anybody in the eighties. You know, you're fighting tiny Leon and Michael Spinks and, you know, you fought Holmes when he was really old. And the only real fighter you fought in that primary was, was a Buster Douglas. And that didn't go that well. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he came back, you know, he beat, you know, with Peter Meneely and then he lost twice to, to Holyfield ever fought, uh, uh, Bo, you know, uh, mm-hmm. fought Lennox Lewis in 02, got, got smoked. So no. to me, you're looking at all the other fighters in that prime period there. You know, your Michael Moores, your uh, Riddick Bo, your Evander Holyfield, your Lennox Lewis, your Mike Tyson. If you look at how those guys fought against each other, you know, Lennox Lewis was the best of that group. He beat everybody right. but Bo. Um, right. Tyson didn't beat any of those guys. You know, Holyfield smoked Buster Douglas. And Buster Douglas had the greatest night of his life. But, you know, but you know, Tyson was a Tyson, very similar to Ronda Rousey, right? Mm-hmm. Very, very, very similar. This this yeah. quick finish, cult of personality, not a lot of heavy competition early on, sort mm-hmm. of protected, sort of picking and choosing winners. Style is fairly basic. And once you sort of figure it out, which Holyfield and Lennox Lewis did, they were able to beat him. And, you know, Lennox Lewis and Mike Tyson can fight 10 times. Lennox Lewis is going to beat him 10 times. I don't see you know, a Tyson really ever beating Holyfield either. You have an infighter that's able to throw hooks, that's able to frustrate you, um, and they're not scared. They're not backing up because when you guys are backing up with their chins in there, Tyson's going to put them away. But he never fought physical specimens. Maybe maybe the rough, maybe. Um, yeah. You know, during, that, during that prime area. But this guy was 23 when he went to prison. What do you mean his prime? His 
whose prime is before they're 23? Your athletic prime yeah. is 27 to 31, you know? Right, right. But how, Tyson, Tyson Heredick. I love Mike Tyson. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. I, I feel like the the mythos of, of Tyson exceeds the actual on paper um, and the cultural influence exceeds the actual on paper accomplishments personally. Yeah. And that's been, that's been the conversation for so long about Tyson, you know, about his career. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He was the most fierce, you know, it was the most fun to watch. There was the quick finishes, but yeah, when he was tested, uh, you know, we, we saw what happened. Uh, and he was, tested. you know, we never got to see Vladimir tested. We never got to see, we never got to see um, Larry well, Holmes Vlad- tested. Vladimir got tested against Joshua. Joshua, you know, Joshua. Yeah. Yeah. Him. I guess so. You know, but also that's is that uh, tested or is that just the end of their era? Like, who knows? Forty-two-year-old right? Vladimir getting beat by a young up-and-coming kid. 20, that's twenty-five. The same size killer. Yeah, but so although I don't think right, that, that's but Larry Holmes beating up uh, Ali. Like, okay, cool. You know, so or even Holyfield, even Holyfield beating up Holmes or, or Foreman. Because eh. you're you're fighting the name, not the guy anymore. You right. know, it's a different stage of the game. Uh now we, you know, we got some, we got some different players. I don't, you know, when we talk about the heavyweights today, we got Deontay Wilder, we got Tyson Fury, we got Anthony Joshua. But I don't think Anthony Joshua was really in that what conversation. About Ruiz. Ruiz. Did I can include him in elite? Uh, I want to because I like him, but the guy, like to me, when you're a fighter, you, you're training your ass off and i thought it was very disrespectful to the sport the way he handled himself and the guy i mean he admitted it after the fight but he was in you just won the world title he comes for the rematch to defend it. he's in horrible shape i mean and he admitted it after the fight he was like i went out i partied i mean come on dude like here's your shot here's your chance so for me like he's got a little redeeming to do for me i think i want to see him get back into shape and because he does have the talent he's got the power but great right now speed. Great hand speed, you know, and, and a likable guy, a marketable. Like, he could be and, something. And, and good fundamental boxing, too. He's just got to – it's like uh, in-shape BJ Penn, man. <laughs> Dude, and, and first have a Mexican heavyweight champ. That's big stuff. You know, that's big stuff. That's cool stuff. So I'd like to say um, I want to include him, but I'm not going to include him yet. Maybe him and uh, – I don't know. There, there's somebody that he could fight right now, I think. You know, maybe throw him and Deontay in the ring and see what happens because Fury yeah. and uh, Joshua just signed a two-fight deal. Right. You know, it's crazy too because you know, obviously, I'm I'm biased and I tend to cheer for Americans. To me, I thought Deontay Wilder won that first fight with Tyson Fury. You look at the damage, the knockdowns, you know, the the total accumulation. I, I have a hard time scoring that one for Tyson Fury. But the way Tyson Fury rebounded and how dominant he was in that second fight, he has figured out Deontay Wilder, and I don't see any possible way in a rubber match that Deontay is going to beat Tyson Fury going forward. And I don't think, you know, we, we sort of seen Joshua end up a little more chinny than we thought too. I, mm-hmm. I think Tyson Fury's the guy right now. And, and, you know, I, yes. I just see any of those other three guys, you know, beating him anytime soon, at, at least in this version, if he blows up to 400 pounds and becomes fat again, or, you know, whatever slides backwards, then they might be able to pick him off. But if he shows up like he did in that last fight with Wilder, I don't see any of those three guys being able to beat him. Totally different fighter. I mean, the first fight, I th- what I saw was that the first fight with, with uh, Fury and Wilder, I saw, you know, we saw the Ali-style Fury. You know, he likes to bob and weave. He likes to shuffle. He likes to, you know, uh, put on a show, right? Now, that that got him as far as he could. Obviously, he made it to the end, barely, right? 
But he, yep. he put himself in harm's way with that style. And Deontay, credit to him, he's got a super powerful right. So, yeah, that's why he got put on his ass twice. But when uh, Fury came back that second fight, there was no show. It was all boxing. Yeah, and man. like you said, when he straight oh. boxed Deontay, he, it was his fight. Dominant. Dominated. It hurts me so much because I'm so proud to be an American. And I, I, I love the Bronze Bomber, man. That's one of my favorite fighters of all time to this day. And, it, and you know, then I got to – I just got to listen to all these British guys tell me about how much better their boxers are than American <laughs> boxers. Drives me nuts, but the facts are the facts, man. Tyson Fury's on another level right now. Yeah, and, and don't, you know, I like Deontay. I think he seems like a cool dude. Uh, he's, a, he's, he's a powerful guy. He's a natural, naturally powerful guy. Boxing yeah. skills. Have and he's probably out of his weight class, man. The guy's, what, 212, you know, 210? Yeah, he could be light heavy. I mean, he he could, but you know, he's so powerful, he could fight heavy. You know, and right. it's, knock it's anybody great. out, dude. Crazy to see, but maybe but we'll he see. did knock Tyson Fury out, and then Homeboy went full Undertaker and just sat up. <laughs> he sat up, bro. But dude, we were celebrating. We're like, yeah, got him, and all of a sudden, ding. Yeah, the gong. We're like, no, dude. That's who you got. I don't know if you cracked him yet, but you got to get the Undertaker. He's uh, he's retired now, so I, I think he's going to be trying to do some different things now. Yeah, that's what I got to do. Put that on the board. Get the Good dead idea. man. Bro. Joe Miggs is giving us the ideas here. <laughs> the dead man on Dr. Bo. I want to see it, dude. That's right. Am I going to make the cut or am I, uh, am I going to be on the B side? <laughs> throw me in there, dude. <laughs> All right, we'll throw you in there, bro. We'll throw you in there. My bad, my bad, dude. I had Let's so much. Let's go, champ. Let's go, champ, dude. It was a fun day, man. I'm I'm glad we got to meet, and that was really cool. Hopefully, we can do something like that again, man. Next time yeah. you're down here, bro, I'll uh, I'll reach out to to uh, somebody. Just let me know who, and you know, if you need anything, just let me know, bro. Got you. Let's do it. Let's do it, man. So, what's next for you, bro? Any uh, sneak peeks for any upcoming episodes? Sure. We got, like I said, we got Holyfield, Roy Jones, Shanna Briggs, Rumble Johnson. Uh, those are all in the queue, so we got to get those edited and out at some point, you know. Uh, and we got a bunch of guys we have plans to work with too. Um, so I'm not going to release those names until we get the actual videos out. Uh, make sure you go watch Wide Neck on the YouTube channel, on the Facebook page. Uh, show us some love. We're almost at a million subs. Uh, if you're out in Vegas, make sure to go see my boy Carlos at Elite OSM Las Vegas. Nice. You know, it's an extreme couture. So for all you LA folks, Vegas folks, you can get this kind of therapy local. Go see him. That's what's up. Dr. Bo Hightower, the world's number one chiropractor. Joey Miggs, thanks for having me on. Keep things uncensored. Keep doing it big, brother. Thanks, brother. Enjoy your night, man. Yes, sir. We'll see you soon. See you soon, brother. Take care. And that is a wrap, ladies and gentlemen. MMA Uncensored Live, number 13. Kendra Lust, Dr. Bo Hightower, lots of fun. Uh, again, thank you guys so much for tuning in to this special two-hour episode. We always try to make it two hours. But uh, thank you guys, seriously, for tuning in, for chatting, for interacting. I appreciate each and every one of you here at the MMA Uncensored team, the MMA Uncensored family. Thank you guys so much for always showing your support. 401,000 followers now on IG. Uh, we're closing in on 300,000 followers on Facebook. Uh, our network, we are proud to say, is over 1.5 million and growing daily. So thank you guys so much. You are awesome, and thank you for being a part of the family. Um, and also, uh, next week, I'm not going to reveal the name yet, but we have a very, 
very special guest coming on next episode next week at a at a different day but uh very popular in wrestling very popular in mma he's crossover that's the only clue i'm going to give you but it's going to be uh it's going to be a lot of fun guys so uh, again, thank you so much. Uh, don't forget YouTube, youtube.com slash MMA Uncensored. That's our YouTube channel. You can check out all the previous episodes on there. Uh, this episode will be up tomorrow on there. Uh, also on the podcast side, Apple Podcast, as well as um, uh, Spotify and all those other uh, platforms. You could listen to the audio version as well. And uh, oh, my boy, my bad, Martin. Thank you, brother. Shout out to Martin, one of our IG fans. You are awesome, brother. Thank you so much for uh, all the comments, man. Keep them coming. Uh, I appreciate it, brother. Thank you so much. So uh, if I miss some questions, I do apologize, guys. I got multiple streams coming in. I try to get as many comments as I can. I do the the production uh, during you know on the fly, basically, during the show. So I try my best. If I forgot you, I do apologize. Uh, but please tune in again next week, and I'll – do my best to get your your questions up there. Uh, when I do announce a guest, uh, shoot me a DM. Just say, "Hey, would you mind asking them this question ahead of time?" Uh, and this way, I have it, you know. So, uh, but again, thank you guys so much. Enjoy your Tuesday night. Tomorrow's Hump Day, and quite fitting, we had Kendra Lust on tonight, so uh, you can figure that one out. But thank you guys. God bless. Take care.